Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Uh, you know, I did that thing again. Uh, and I and I'm um, you know fighting it off as best I can. You know I've got torches, I've got uh, sharp implements, I've got a, a chain, a bike chain. I'm swinging that around like a goddamn gang member in a '70s movie. Someone's gonna get in the face, and that's gonna be pretty. Just a bike chain tire tread all over your goddamn skull. Um, we're late today, and I apologize for that. But also, I you know I did. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, yeah. Hmm. When I say I did that thing again, what I mean is I didn't do that thing again, which means live a life to talk to you about. I, I, you know, we're streaming Twitch and and we're staying alive. We're paying bills, so we're doing that. So I didn't think I had anything to bring to you guys this week, and so I would sit and I'd try and I kind of. Eh. And also, uh, the bad habits took over again, where I get in my brain and I kind of walk away and I think to myself, well, but look, you guys are fucking tired of hearing me take a magnifying glass to the inside of my skull, and I don't blame you. So I'll tell you what. Uh, there are new people aboard, because I heard all week from people who listened to last week's show and were very kind and generous and very nice about last week's content. Um, and see, this is the thing. This is I, I hate following up last week's show with with uh, a whiff. And I mean, it's so that's the thing. Uh, this part might be a whiff. This is all this stuff in the beginning. And and uh, and so new people don't go anywhere. There's good stuff coming. I promise. I, I, I hook my podcast claws directly into your shoulders and I hold you in place. People were nice enough to reach out to me after last week's show, and they, you know, there was some, uh, you know, some comedian friends uh, heard what I had said about Brody, which was nice because a lot and a lot of co- comics were doing that. Um, but a lot of personal friends of our friend Maki heard the show as well uh, because once I, I put up a photo of uh, Maki and I, and um, and so then it got shared to her page, and then people saw that, and then people contacted me through uh, Facebook, and then some people just listened to the show, and I got nice notes from people. And uh, there are people that I'm looking forward to meeting this weekend, although I wish it were under a better circumstance. So, uh, again, you know, with those people in mind uh, and with me uh, (laughs) on on this Thursday morning wanting to get you some content as quickly as possible, I discussed last week putting up the show I did at Maki's house. And uh, for you listeners, look, it was a funny show. It was a great show. And I did it at her house and I enjoyed it because you get to hear her laughing and that makes me happy. So, uh... For you guys, the you know, regular listeners, you might be like, ah, great, you know, another rerun or whatever. And I mentioned last week I was going to play the Maki show and then did not because I wound up talking. Hold on. Fucking yawn. Uh, I, I wound up eulogizing her, you know, within the show. And so I was like, you know what? I, I don't need to, to piggyback that on here. And now what I'm going to do, because uh, this is who I am as a person, um, with new people in tow and people who may not have heard my show that I did with Maki, I'm going to insert that here. I'm going to let it do the heavy lifting this week and uh, and send my apologies for, uh, again, being late. And and uh, I should have, and, and also, I know what you're thinking. Well, Mike, if you were just going to fucking do this, why didn't you put it out sooner? You could have had it out on time if you were just using an older show. I, I understand that. And I crucify myself over it all the time. But it was not the plan to do an older show. I, I uh, you know, all, all, all week I, I sat and thought and, and I was going to do things. And again, I can say... Uh, 
it's the battle inside my head of of is what I do worth anything? I know it sounds ridiculous and foolish, and you don't want to hear me analyze it over and over again. Uh, and I'm not looking for a lot of attaboys. I'm not. I know I'm really fucking good, and I know that people want to listen, especially after last week. I got nice notes from everybody. Everybody's very cool. But um, sometimes there's a there, there's a guy who takes a stand inside my brain, and he goes, yeah, nah, nah, uh-uh. Because I'm like, well, what do I just uh, spoke extemporaneously for an hour and just fucked around and talked in circles and unleashed the bees? And a guy in my head's like, nah, you know, after last week's show, which was so fucking poignant and nice, and you had a point... Uh, nobody's going to listen when you don't have a point. And, uh, and then that guy and I wind up wrestling for a goddamn week. And here we are on Thursday morning with me cutting this and then using an older show to prove that I used to be good. Even though I am good. I know it's strange. Nobody wants to hear this bullshit. Nobody wants to hear the struggle. Uh, although some of you have been very nice and reach out and they go, look, and, and again, like I said, I'm not looking for you to go, oh, Mike, it's okay. We get it. I, 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 I know I'm good at this. I, I, I fight it all the time. But in the moment, sometimes you, you can uh, be betrayed by your own thoughts. And I was and am. And, and so uh, rather than subject you to, I mean, look, you've already heard five fucking minutes of me wrestling with myself. Um, rather than subject you to a full hour of that or however the fuck long, I decided to analyze myself and navel gaze for all of you. Uh, you've heard it before in the past. So I will instead insert a show that was uh, uh, a tribute to and included our fantastic, beautiful friend. Maki Cook Ruiz, who I will, uh, you know, I will go to her memorial service this weekend and I will meet people and I will see people and uh, and I will say goodbye to her one last time. So here I say goodbye to her again uh, in, in tribute and playing the older show that she was involved in when she was kind enough to welcome me into her home and into her life and participate in the most important thing in my life which I'm sure you're doubting that since it's coming out late on a Thursday <laughs> or uh, afternoon or whatever the fuck time this is. Um, but uh, but it is, and you are, and she was. And so please enjoy uh, this show that I did with our good friend Maki when I was at her house last year. And thank you very much again for your indulgence and your understanding. And uh, I, I will straighten this out. I promise. I swear. All right, here's Maki's house. Happened to Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. All right, look, this is going to be awful. I'm telling you right now, you can turn it off if you want. You can go ahead and just fucking skip this week. I wouldn't blame you because I'm sure you can already hear there's a weird echo because things are afoot. The game is afoot. I am on the road and I'm in a different place than I usually am. Now, look, a lot of this stuff started a couple of years ago. You know, I would go out and I'd record in my car or I'd record in an airport and then I'd put up the show. And a lot of you were like, hey, seems like Mike doesn't really care so much about the show anymore. And that's a goddamn lie because if I didn't care about the show, would I be recording it in the fucking airport? I would have just breezed through and said, hey, here's something from year two. Fuck all y'all, because I'm like Ice Cube in fucking uh, America's Most Wanted. Uh, but instead, I, I care enough to bring you a show no matter where I am. 
If I'm on a plane, if I'm stowed away in a cargo hold, I got news for you. If the fucking world ends and I wind up in a goddamn bomb shelter somewhere, I will find a way to scratch out. I will eke out a vocal track that you can go ahead and listen to wherever you're at in your bomb shelter. What if we're in the same bomb shelter? I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, you wouldn't have to do a show if we were in the same bomb shelter. Just come talk to me. I don't want to fucking talk to you. Who do you think you are? Go to your side of the bomb shelter. I'll go to my side of the bomb shelter and we'll war the roses the rest of this apocalypse. All right, let's do that. Uh, hi. So here's the deal, man. Uh, first of all, I can tell you this. I learned a few things today that I will be uh, bringing you periodically throughout the show. I learned this. Get this, folks. Take this to the bank. Some of you may already know this via some sort of relationship with your, uh, your in-laws or perhaps somebody else in your inner circle. But I can tell you this right now, and it's true. Whether you believe me or not, I can tell you this is definitely true. When you get cancer, you become really good at crafting. It is absolutely top of the list for you to do. You're thinking to yourself, well, look, I don't have any blood cells here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a fish in latex and make a goddamn doorstop. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get a needle and fluff up a cotton ball and make it look like a village. That's what I plan on doing with my goddamn time. <laughs> Holy fuck. Get busy living or get busy dying. Or if you got cancer, do both. Do them both at the same goddamn time. Uh, this should be a good time where I would tell you exactly where I'm at. Folks, I'm at... Uh, I've thrown this offer out to you, and very few of you have taken me up on it, you fucking jagoffs. I can tell you that. But uh, I'm always surprised when somebody then does take me up on it and says, hey, you know, if you're doing this, you might be wanting to do it by me. Uh, because I said to you, I would come to your show and do a show in your living room, or I'd do a show uh, at your in, by your pool, or I'd do a show in your bedroom. Hey, how you doing? Let's videotape that, huh? Let's put that out. What if that? What if there was some creepy listener out there who's like, hey, why don't you come, like, fucking, and... and I'll go down on you and you do a show. Oh my God, I'm on board for that. Hold on. Which one of you wants to line up and be that listener? <laughs> Who will go ahead and say, Mike, I can't wait to suck you off while you're talking to no microphone. God damn it. What if I told you this? The entirety of year two was done just like that. That's how it worked. Uh, poor Lily. She had to be in the room there, fucking Karen under a table. Um, and, and that's why those shows were shorter. That's why those shows were a lot shorter. Honestly, once I got into year three and four and I'm starting to explore the space like with a cowbell, I'm fucking doing three and a half hour, four hour shows because there's nobody going down on me anymore at the time. The, I, all right, look, we're out, you can hear a fucking car go by. I'm just go ahead. Let me cover that real quick. Um, if you tell me to come to your place to record, have a fucking place for me to record. Could you have a booth or some sort of kitchen table with a setup where I won't have to hear the traffic roll by and think that a fucking gremlin is going to leap your outside wall and smash through your pool deck and crush me into a fucking pool table? Because it is, uh, we are right by the street. I, th well, I should tell you exactly where I'm at. I'm in, uh, can I tell them the city you live in? All right. I'm in Camarillo, California, folks. And I'm at... Uh, Good friend of the show, good friend of me, our friend Maki. Uh, did I say your full name? I don't want to be that person. Uh, she's just like, yeah, I'm dying. Um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm almost dead. Tell people who I am. Um, I'm, I'm having fun with our friend Maki who has cancer. She knows that she's, uh, but she's going to kick it. She's going to beat it. She's already beaten it nine times. Nine times. That's right. She's the goddamn Ferris Bueller's principle of beating cancer. Nine times. Uh, and as a matter of fact, she'd only beaten it. Uh, she thought she'd beaten it nine times, but then we hacked into the computer and we made it. She only beat it three times. So that's how it worked out. Edie McClurg was shocked to find out that Maki had only beaten cancer twice. Uh, all right. So, uh, I'm at Maki's house. Our friend Maki Cook Ruiz, who had offered often, she's like, look, uh, come to my house and record. And, uh, and I said, I can't do that. That doesn't seem like anything I would want to do. But then I remembered she is dying. And how can I say no to that? 
This, she's like the ultimate make-a-wish kid with the worst wish in the history of wishes. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how far down her fucking list I had to be when she's just ticking them off. She's calling other celebrities. And not only that, dude, not even not even celebrities, not even like big wishes. She called other podcasters and they said no. She's like literally going, well, Joe Rogan, could you come record at my house because I have cancer? Nope. All right. Doug Benson, how about you? Nope. Okay. Uh, she even tried to get Sam Levine just to come and answer movie and trivia questions. That's not even a fucking podcast. But she said it's kind of like a podcast because you do it on the other show. Sam Levine doesn't even return the call. That fucking hump. Because Maki said to herself, she goes, you know, I, I will not die properly until I get a freak or a geek in my pool room. And she tried. He said no. Uh, Maki's going to pretend to laugh all through this, which is going to be a lot of fun as I sit here and try to talk in circles. And she just goes, yeah, this is interesting. Also, oh, I, I, all right. So let me, I got to paint the picture here. I'm on a, literally I'm on a pool table. Uh, she invited yeah. me to come and record. And then she goes, yeah, we're going to be doing out back, out back. I'm, I'm not only am I here, I'm a goddamn afterthought. She, she, I'm the fucking talent. I'm the goddamn talent. And you invite me to your fucking house. Yeah, we're going to go out back. We're going to clear the telescope away and put up the Lego village. And you can fucking just stare out the window. Don't, don't pretend because you have a real, like a nice, oh, I will tell you this though. You know what I will not do at Maki's house? I will not sit on her couch and record because I will be asleep in nine seconds. I have come here to visit our friend Maki several times and she has this overstuffed sofa that I can't, I, I don't, I don't know where you bought it. Heaven? I mean, that's literally the only thing that I can think of because it is, it is as if God himself grabbed handfuls of clouds and shoved them into the softest upholstery of all time. Like it's like, it's not leather. It's not, you know, it's, it's like soft cloth. Uh, oh my God. It's just, it's just like, I, I, if you could somehow nestle yourself onto a giant newborn and go to sleep, that's what it's like. It's just this soft couch. It even smells a little like babies. I mean, it is just, it is so comforting and relaxing. This open armed embrace as you lay in it. And I'm, you know, I'm here ostensibly, I'm a make a wish guy. Her make a wish is not to have me come and fall asleep while she fucking dies in front of me. What if she, what if that happens? Cause I've come here several times. I sit on the soft couch. I'm like, this is awesome. She says, yeah, let's watch a movie. Boom. I'm out and probably fucking snoring. Like she's been nice enough to not tell me whether I have or I haven't, but I mean, I am not kidding. I, hold on. There's cops coming apparently. Now, let me ask you this, Maki, is this an ambulance for you? Are you having an attack of no, some sort? No, All right, good. I don't, I don't know how the cancer works. I don't know if there's a, you might have a porta cat that automatically tells an ambulance when your blood cells are all falling apart. Um, by the way, Maki's not even paying attention. She's reading a book. Like, I just looked over at her. She has a, she invites me. This has happened this is the second time. I, I've had a listener. Uh, you're taking notes? Don't take notes. Oh, 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 hold on. So you're trying to be a producer who looks at the things of names of the show and you're taking those kind of notes. Nobody can hear her because, again, we're recording in a tool shed. She, uh, she just said, it drives me crazy when you start a story and then you go off on another tangent and you don't finish that story. And so now she literally brought out a notebook with a pen to, I, I guess, write down that story. a story that I start that she's really into. <laughs> but in reality, what you can do is when the show is over, you can go, hey, finish that fucking story. Don't, don't scold me. You can't be the fucking you know, Pink Floyd the Wall teacher going, hey, how can you have any pudding if you don't finish your story? <laughs> Don't fucking scold me on the air. Uh, but I come to her house, man, and she and again, we're out back. We're little, where are we recording? Out back. And so I'm, and, and, and of course, you know that I thought we were going out back steakhouse immediately. I was like, are we going to go throw some shrimp on the bobby and tell people what's going on? No. She meant out back in the pool. I guess it's a pool room. I don't know what, what, what you would call this. It's a sun porch 
but with a real roof. I don't, I don't know. I'm, look, I don't have a house. I got a, fo- a fucking, I got four walls. I got an apartment. I got a coffin. I live in a coffin with a bed. That's where I fucking live. But she actually has like a nice palatial estate here in Camarillo. Uh, so this is a, say again? All right, it was a game room. All right, so well, look, it's not. I mean, I don't think anybody is like. I'm really going to need to get a beat on what this room is. Mike has covered it with pool room and tool shed, but uh, yeah, game. All right, so it's a game room, folks. Know that. Uh, but it's got. It literally has a. I'm broadcasting, ostensibly, if you want to call it that. I'm talking into a fucking microphone, on a pool table. Covered with a Lego village. I'm staring at Al's Barbershop. I'm staring at a pet store. I'm looking at the Palace Theater. And, of course, little Lego people. As I talked, I think I talked about this on the show last time I was here, and how they are frozen in time, and it drives me crazy that it's unfortunate for them. So now, Maki said, you know what? If it drives them crazy, why don't you come and do a show for them? You are so saddened by their plight. I mean, look at this little guy here on the balcony. He's like staring off the balcony. He's actually came out. That dude wasn't there when I sat down to record. He walked out to watch the show. That's how happy these people are. They're so tired of sitting on the pool table. Uh, this woman's pushed her baby outside to come and visit me. There's some people at the French cafe. They're having some sort of espresso, a cafe au lait, perhaps. If I may say some French for you fine folks. That's a lot of alliteration right there. Um, there's a water tower. There's a, a weird grappling hook. Look, I, I, oh, there's a, a soup and suds. Wait, wait, hold on a second. That's a, that's a laundromat that serves soup? I don't know. Well, I hope so because it says soup and suds. It would, otherwise, it would be a foolish name if you didn't have any soup. I got to be honest. If I go to soup and suds and I walk in and I bring in a load of clothes, certainly, because I know what suds means. Uh, and, and then I go, hey, where's the soup? And they go, sorry, man, we don't sell soup. I'd be like, well, your fucking window's a liar, man. And I would throw a brick through it. Does it say soap and suds? It says soap and suds. God damn it. We have the lights out here in the tool shed. We're keeping it dark. We got it all quiet. She's like, go out back where there's no electricity and fucking record. Great. So literally, I, like the plug, the, the, the laptop's not even plugged in. I'm just racing against time before the battery runs out. Who the fuck knows what'll come out? I don't know how much of the show I'll get out before the electricity seizes up. Um, which, uh, again, would be a welcome alternative to last week when the entire fucking thing got eaten. So who knows, man? I don't know. I don't know how life is working. So she invited me to come and record. And this is the second time, again, I recorded with Justin that one time in his hotel room. And he sat there in silence and wondered why he made that invite. <laughs> um, but if you invite me, you've got to you got to make sure that the environment is, is a proper one. I know that sounds foolish, but I mean, again, like I said, I'm shoved back here into the tool shed slash game room. I'm right off the street. So you can hear sirens and cars driving by like this one right here. Listen, maybe only I can hear those. That's the thing. I always think that I'm in my house and I'm always like, Oh my God, you guys hear that helicopter? And then I listen back. Nobody heard a goddamn helicopter at all. It just sounds like a madman ranting like Renfield in a fucking mental hospital. Eh, uh, these moths, all of these moths, get them off me. Get them off me. There's no moths. Crazy person. Um, so I found, so, but I will tell you this, like I said, I found out that if you have cancer, ladies and gentlemen, you are, you be automatically become really good at crafting because I've, I, every time I come here, like I said, Maki made me a fish inside of a little, like a little, uh, is that a, it's, it's not a doorstop. It's a, it's a paperweight. So it's a fish who's swimming around in plastic. And then I was here and I got the rock with all the dots on it the last time I was here. And then I showed up today and she's like, check this out. By the way, never has the phrase check this out been more inappropriate. It is never, there's no reason to use it. There was no reason for it to be uttered in that moment. But she literally went, check this out. And she showed me a bowl of cotton. That she had somehow turned into like a grassy field with a needle and green paint. 
And uh, and I I had to express wonderment. I had to pretend. I had to be like, wow, that's awesome. Like, it's not awesome. Could not be less awesome. Not even worthy of check this out. Like, every dictionary in the world should have those words stricken from them just because they were misused so poorly here an hour ago. Uh, because then, And then she told me, oh, my God. And then, look, when people have cancer, you have to listen to them because you never know what's the last word they're going to say. So she's going on and on, and she's like, oh, my God, you know, I saw this, and it was a way to turn these into this, and then you turned it. And then I saw, she's, she's explaining, oh, yeah, it's, it's like grass, and then what you do is you get a needle, and you, you fluff it up, and it turns. And she goes, but as I was doing it, I saw one woman who turned it into a fantasy village. And I said, that's going to be fun. <laughs> and I said, that could not be less fun. And it's the only thing less fun than you telling me would be the doing, the turning into the fantasy village. Um, but she, but, but, and look, I, I will tell you this. I'm being silly and we're having fun with our friend Maki because again, she'll be dead soon. But anyway, there's a, uh, there's this, it's this, it's a pile of felt and it turned into a fantasy village. Even though I'm making fun of it with only a needle and a ball of cotton, she did make a fantasy village. Like it has a toadstool and it looks like it's got a, uh, like a, it looked like a cactus, but what, what would you call that thing that's in there? It's a tree, okay. And uh, and then she made a dude, like she said, or no, house. She said she made a house, and uh, and she said, but it's too big for the fantasy village. Um, and look, you got to get that shit right, okay? If you're going to sit down and you're going to make a house that goes in the fantasy village, get your fucking specs right, okay? Get out your tiniest ruler and figure out where it will fit. Um and then she's telling me, she's like, she said, it's just a needle. What you do is you put the needle over and over into the felt and then you turn, and that's what turns it into this fluffy uh, fantasy village. And, and she's like, oh my God, but I have stabbed myself with the needle several times. Just like, you know, plunk it in there. And then sometimes the needle breaks. And, uh, and this, all of a sudden that hobby just sounded, it, it went from fun with cotton to that knife game they play in Alien where they pin the guy's hand down and go between the fingers. I'm like... I got news for you. If you're using your fantasy land to draw blood, I, I got to think you back, especially you, you don't have the blood to spare for fuck's sake. You, you prick one finger and the next thing you know, you're getting rushed to the goddamn hospital. We can't have that. Uh, you're overrun with white blood cells. Your fantasy village can't have those. I could be wrong. I don't, I have no idea what, uh, what cancer, what if I did? What if I knew all about cancer? What if I was that guy? What if your, it would be awesome. What did I could probably help you? I could be like, Hey, guess what? You know, it's funny that you got this fantasy village, but let's take a look at your tea count. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but she has, uh, Maki has like a thing. She, do you have a port cath right now in yes. your chest? She has a port cath uh, which I know because whenever I come over, she's naked. And uh, she, it's, it's, look, because again, folks, as you know, I just let these people do what they want to do. If I'm invited over, it's their house. I know I'm going to eventually be shunned into the tool shed to go ahead and talk. So in the interval, I let her do whatever she wants. And if she wants to be naked, she can be fucking naked. You know what? You're a cancer patient. Go ahead and be as naked as you fucking want to be. And, and still looking fucking mighty sharp. I'll tell you that. This is one thing, too. Uh, you know, when you hear cancer patient, all right, you immediately think of someone who's completely, you, you know, I, I, all right, this will sound terrible. I'm going to say this, but please forgive me right now. So I'm asking you forgiveness before I say this. Um, when you say cancer patient, I immediately think of the people in the Holocaust. <laughs> like the, the Like the people that are just... Uh, completely malnutritioned and you can see their ribs. They got that xylophone thing happening on their phone. It's like a little, like a xylophone with nipples and an untrimmed beard. That's exactly what they are. So I see them and I'm, I'm horrified by that. So when you hear cancer patient, you're just like, ah, God damn it. That's, I mean, well, that's a tough break. I mean, I feel so terrible. And then I come here and Maki's doing fucking cartwheels and she's got a portacath and she's naked and she's got, and she's showing me nude photos of herself. And I'm like, oh, this is what did you get? Like sex cancer? Like what kind of cancer do you have? 
I mean, that just, it just seems like, because I, mean, I joked before that when Maki had reached out to me and we talked and we became friends, that it was like Chloe in Fight Club, where I'm like, she's going to, you know, she's going to ask me to come and bang her one last time before she fucking dies, which is ridiculous. Um, and then, of course, I tell that story in the show. And then I come here and I meet the nicest boyfriend guy ever, Armando. And, uh, and, I, and let's put it this way. Uh, he was so nice to me. I knew there was no way he had ever heard the show. Like I knew there was no way he'd ever sat there, heard one word uttered by me. I know he certainly didn't hear the episode where I speculated whether or not his girlfriend was calling me over to bang her in her cancer throes. You know what I mean? When she had some sort of T cell low count fever and she needed a shot of vitamin Mike. Like I didn't know if that was what was going on. And, uh, and I knew for sure that he had never heard that because he could not have been more friendly to me. And he like bought me chicken. You know what I mean? Like that thing. And I said, ah, oh, man, this dude. And then I feel fucking awful that I said those things but then of course I come here now and I say those things but that's because he's not here certainly uh, I'll tell you what if he walks in with chicken I'll feel bad all over again <laughs> um, so he's not here so I mean, again like I said have a space for me if you invite me to come over to your house and especially if you're dying soon but to make a wish there's I understand your wishes for me to come over but but if you're please reveal all of your wish to the people at, at Make a Schmidt alright could you do that because I don't mind coming to your house and recording. I truly do not. But if part of your make-a-schmidt is have him record under the, the most duress possible in the darkest room with no electricity, just off the traffic sign, that that's a little weird. Uh, are you leaving? Oh, my God. Maki just split. All right. Uh, oh, my God. You're turning lights on. Oh, you didn't have to do that. I don't mind dark. I was teasing. We're having fun. Don't take me literally, please. Um, so... Uh, but, but again, if you're, if you're going to have me over again, you've got to, you've got to make sure that the make Schmidt environment is fine because I, and look, I know you're thinking to yourselves, fuck, you talked in a car, you talked at an airport, you talked all over the fucking place. So you shouldn't have to worry about this kind of thing because you can go ahead and perform under duress. You can perform under these conditions. You are the kind of guy who delivers no matter what the fucking scene. And I would love to go ahead and say that that was cool. And I can, I can, I can talk no matter what, whatever you got fucking going on. However, if there's a cat on my head, it does make it a little more difficult to spin a yarn. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, because that's another thing. I'm here in the pool room and there's the Lego village. As I mentioned, we've got the pet store right there and there are, there's gotta be, I think Maki has 31 cats. I think, I think that's a, and that's a rough estimate. I'm just guessing, uh, because they are constantly underfoot and they will not stop. It is, it is as if, and again, I don't understand when you have cancer, why you have 31 cats, because did you not see train spotting? Do you not understand that first of all, cats steal your breath in the night. They do that. And if 31 of them are together, I mean, and, and we're talking, so that's like, dude, that's a Baskin Robbins of cats. You have truly a Baskin Robbins of cats lurking around this house and they will steal your breath in the middle of the night. As you know, unless wait a minute, hold on. When you get cancer, is your, do you have like anti-cat breath or even better? Do you have like cancer breath? So if the cats steal it, they get cancer. What if they take your cancer away? Hold on a second. Wait a minute. I'm, tur- I'm changing my mind on these 31 cats. Don't don't ask them. I don't think they're going to have anything to say. Um, but maybe that's why you're doing it. Is that it? Is this like a weird shaman thing? Like they told you to have a bunch of cats around? No. No? All right. I'm just, you're all quiet now. Um, earlier, you wanted to help. You're all funny. But now you know, you're sitting there in your pasties and your G-string and you're expecting me not to <laughs> fucking notice you. Um, I get, I see you trying to wile me with your womanly ways. All right, so there's all these cats. So again, I'm here. I'm in the back. There's a pool table and a Lego village and traffic rampaging and 31 cats going to and fucking fro. And again, I might get toxoplasmosis. I might be like Tommy in train spotting. I might wind up fucking getting AIDS from the cats because cats give you AIDS. They do that. 
Uh, I mean, they don't give you the conventional way, certainly. I mean, although I'll tell you what, if you've got 31 cats, there's a good chance you're going to get AIDS the conventional way. No more breath and stealing and toxoplasmosis. I think you're going to probably get tagged by 31 cats. They just run a cat train on you. They, run a, they call it a meow meow. They just fucking bend you over and just fucking meow meow the shit out of you. That's going to happen with 31. You can't fight back. I mean, it's, all right, let me ask you, let me pose this question. It's a question that's often asked on the internet. Would you rather fight one lion or 31 house cats? You'd rather fight 31 house cats? I just told you they're going to rape you and give you AIDS. <laughs> Have you not been listening to a word I said? These are 31 AIDS-ridden house cats that are furious at you for keeping them in the, in the, back in the pool room. Um, I don't know. I got to think the lion would be docile enough. I could, I could handle the lion. I think I could yeah, talk myself out of the lion. Thirty, Because 31 cats, you don't know where they're coming from. And they tackle you down, you're piled under fur, and all of a sudden, it, like, orifices are being entered, and you don't know what the fuck to do. And the next thing you know, you're on a fucking AZT cocktail. Fuck that. Fuck you, AIDS cats. I don't want part of you. AIDS cats, A-I-D-S-C-A-T-S. It's a good band name. Yeah. Fits perfectly on a drum. That looks really good on a marquee, four and four. That's not bad at all. <laughs> AIDS cats. What's up, AIDS cats? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> although I got to be honest with you, if you tour with the AIDS cats, you make no money. There's 31 members in that band. <laughs> We've already talked about that. That's a lot. Of, I mean, that's a crowded van. I'll tell you that. That's one goddamn crowded van. <laughs> but if there's 31, how does that money go around? You better make a lot of fucking cash at the door. Uh, all right. So, folks, here's the deal. I'm, I'm, if you're going to have me to your house, if you're going to have me into your lair, into your domicile, make it Schmidt friendly. That's all I'm asking you. I walk, again, like I said, you can be naked. I don't mind that Maki's naked. It's fine with me. Um, but, but as far as being back here in, like the, in, the, in the tool room with the telescope, which is a high-powered telescope that I understand you know, you're looking at neighbors with that goddamn thing? What the fuck? Um, it's one of those weird like rear window, Cary Grant, oh, my God, I saw my neighbor die no, telescopes. It's more of a deep space. You can't see close. <laughs> oh, it's nearsighted? You can only see deep space. Oh, okay. So it's, which means it's farsighted. You can't see things that are, yeah. you can only see things that are far away. Far. Okay, is that far? No, no, farsighted is you can only see things that are near. Nearsighted is when you can only see near. And no, I thought it was opposite day. I thought it was like literally it's like you're nearsighted if you can't see far away. Yeah, because you can see near. But you can't see Shut far. up. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Nearsightedness means you. All right, fine. So this, te- whatever. You, you have, so the, the bottom line is you have a prescription yes. telescope. I'm yes. not kidding. An army of cats just marched in. <laughs> that was it. The, the literally that they kicked open the door and they've wandered into this fucking patio. And she doesn't have kittens. That's the deal. She's got actually big fucking solid raccoon-sized cats. I should take a photo and put it on fucking on the Joker's page because they are just thick. Uh, and again, like I said, if there's 31 of them, man, that's like fighting a horse in 31 pieces. Dude, what if you had, oh my God, like a fall apart horse? Dude, all right, all right, let me tell you this. Would you fight Would you fight 31 AIDS-ridden house cats or one fall apart horse? How about that? I don't know. I have no idea. That's a rough one. Goddamn fall apart horse. I would take on a fall apart horse. That's not bad. Uh, just like a Voltron horse that just falls apart into like fucking 12 different horses. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. It's a, I'm not kidding you. The cat just leaped up on the fucking pool table. Did you hear it? Bring him to the microphone so people can hear what he says. He's going to. No, he's coming over. He's got a bell. Yeah, don't let him. Literally, he's going to erase the show. I had enough trouble last week. Get the fuck out of here, AIDS cat. Jesus. All right. Uh, all right, so here's the thing, folks. If you're going to have me to your house, make sure you don't have AIDS-ridden house cats yes. all over the place. Make sure you don't lock me in a back patio. This whole thing, this experiment's been kind of a nightmare. I'm not going to lie to you. And uh, well, I showed up. Jesus Christ, that, is, that cat is fucking insane. Um, here's another thing. All right. If I'm coming to record at your house and you know 
I'm coming to record at your house. Because I've been, look, I've been to visit Maki several times and I love her house. I love her couch. Like I said, it's fucking, I, I sit on that fucking thing and forget about it. I just, it's just, it is like a hammock the size of Rhode Island. Like you just lay in it and just woof, you're gone. To the point where I started, like last time I was here, I started Googling overstuffed sofas, like to buy one. And I'm like, I should get one. I would even risk like a Craigslist purchase of a sofa like that. You know what I mean? Just because it's so good. Like whatever bed bugs or whatever sex the other people had on it. I I almost wouldn't even fucking care. It could be just some fucking cum soaked fucking horrible AIDS ridden bed bug. Goddamn. And I'd still, I'd sleep in it. I'd be like, yes, perfect. I gotta get AIDS. I got a lot of AIDS in my head now. I don't know why your couch is AIDS ridden. I don't think the cats are raping the couch. These cats got to get this couch a break. Um, so I, I, but I come here and again, so I know what I'm getting used to, but here's something I'm not used to. And I did not think, cause all right, uh, <laughs> it was Maki's house and, uh, I've met Maki's mom, who's very nice, but she does not live here. Um, but every time I come here, there's different people. Like Armando doesn't live here either. Correct. He'll, he'll just come by with chicken for me and, uh, and you know, cock for Maki. Why not? Um, but everything else, you know what I mean? There's, there's kind of a, a, a posse of drifters that go in and out of Maki's life throughout this house because this is, like I said, it's Maki's house, which leads me to think that maybe she should have given more thought to where exactly I'd be recording, but whatever the fuck, I'm not going to get into that again. You guys understand it. We all understand. I'm in the pool room and it blows. But um, she, uh, she, you know, every time I've come here, I, like I said, I've met uh, her brother. I believe I've met her brother and I've met her father and I've met her dad. I've met Armando. Of course, he's wonderful. He's a, he's a chicken bringing man. And then, uh, but I will tell you this, there is a, uh, there's another person I've met on occasion here. Now this person, uh, does not live here at the house because if this person lived at the house, I would never come to record. And I'll tell you exactly why. Um, because this person is probably eight years old and, uh, his name is Nathan. Oh, no, he's Oh, he's six. I apologize. He's six years old. Uh, and his name is, well, I'll tell you what, I guessed eight because I know he's young, but he talks like he's 15. All right. And that's, that's not even like a joke. This is the smartest fucking kid ever. He's like, he's smart as a whip. He's totally, he has so much personality and precociousness when he walks in, there was no, and there was no fear of me. This is another thing. I've talked about this before with kids. Sometimes kids are real sheepish and they're just kind of like, hi, whatever. And then they go in their room. Um, this kid like sat next to me. Hi, how are you? What do you do? Where do you work? What's your name? Like, I mean, he just wanted to talk to me. Uh, it was almost as if it was like Haley Joel Osment from Forrest Gump, but smart. Does that make sense? I mean, like that kid in, you know, Gump's kid is smart, but he still talks like Mr. Gump. Well, Nathan like speaks with, with, he speaks very well. Again, he speaks like a fucking teenager, but not like a, not a horrible teenager with uh, the patois of slang. He's, he just, he knows words. All right. Does that, does that make sense? He doesn't slur. He's just like, hi, how are you? He, he shook my hand when he first met me. He was a gentleman. This is, this is who this kid is. He's a nice little gentleman. Uh, but again, like I said, he doesn't live here. Thank God. So, uh, cause but whenever I, whenever I come here, he's hanging out cause he comes over here after school before he goes to his, his house because Maki takes him for a couple hours after school and she watches him until like his, uh, his dad comes home and then his dad comes and then he takes Nathan back to his regular house. So in the times I've been here, I've met Nathan every single time because I come in that window where he comes home from school and he's hanging out. Uh, and he's super friendly. Like I said, when I leave, he'll walk me to the car. He wants to say hi. He wants to say goodbye. He wants to shake my hand. Cause again, also Sometimes when you meet kids, like I said, I treat them like adults. 
because that always lets kids realize that they're that you're cool. I know, I know that sounds weird, but they want to talk to you more if you don't treat them like children. If you don't be like, oh, boo-boo, how are you today? How was school? You sound like a fucking idiot. By the way, I don't know who that was. I don't know who that guy, I don't know who's talking to that kid. Oh, boo-boo. I would never call a kid boo-boo in a million years unless the kid was named boo-boo. He would have to be introduced to me as boo-boo before I would refer to him as boo-boo. I got to be honest with you. So please don't be afraid to bring your babies to me because I will not call them boo-boo. All right? I'm not that person. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be boo-boos. Okay? Because I, I, unless you want them to, and then that's fine, and then I'll call them a boo-boo. Um, but Nathan, again, like I said, good kid. And also, yeah, I, I never, this is another thing. I treated him like an adult. So sometimes, uh, I, like I even have friends like this who will meet a kid and go, hey, high five. Uh, and they think that that's what's bonding them with the kid. But in reality, you're, I mean, you're still patronizing them by asking for a high five. I mean, and even a kid gets that to a certain extent where it's like, high five, why would I high five my uncle? Like it's fucking bananas. Uh, and also the, the, who's this, you know, 50 year old guy snoring on our, our AIDS ridden couch. Like why that's probably what's going through Nathan's mind, but he never, he never vocalized that to me. He was just friendly to me and he would come up to me and talk to me before. Of course he went off to his regular house. So, uh, so I come here today folks to go and record. And I, uh, my window of arrival, like I was going to be early today. I was going to hear about one o'clock. Eh. That would be great if I hadn't been up until fucking five and then I got up at like 1130 and then I hit snooze until 1230 uh, and then I had to grab a shower and get the fuck out of my house, whatever. I didn't leave my house until one. Uh, and, and then I got here again because she even said to me when I, I said she's like same bat time when I was coming. I go, well, uh, you know, I'll be early because I usually come here on Mondays. When I come here on Mondays, it's after Shannon. Shannon's from noon till 1250. And then I go home and I grab some stuff. And then I, I, I roll to, to Maki who lives like 45 miles from me. So uh, it's very important. Go ahead and get out your Google Maps. Go ahead. and <laughs> Here's the starting point. It's 45 minutes. And uh, Shut up, jerk. Just talk. Um, so sure enough, I wind up uh, uh, today. I'm like, oh, no, man, I'm, I'll totally be. I got no Shannon today. So I'll be up and I'll be at it and I'll be out the door. And I thought I was leaving myself. Because, again, here's the thing. I plan on getting up at 10 and going to do some cardio and running and then going out and getting into the car and bailing and making the move. Uh, and instead, like I said, I was up until about 5 in the morning. Uh, I said 3.30 earlier. That might have been a lie. Uh, I don't know why I'm lying to you guys on the fly. Um it's funny. I even set my Fitbit to remind me to go to bed. That's the weirdest thing. Cause again, I'm a, I'm 50 years old. I'm a 50 year old man. I have to have a robot on my wrist to tell me what time to go to bed. I mean, it's bad enough when you're, I mean, cause again, in 20 years, I'm going to have uh, orderlies who probably finger me in the night telling me what time to take my pills. So I've got that to look forward to. You would think I would spend these last 20 years of glory, not being a slave to the robot on my wrist and having a proper bedtime. That's the thing. If I could have a fucking proper bedtime, I wouldn't ask the robot to tell me when to fucking go to bed. But also here's the bad thing. The robot tells me at one Hey man, about time to get ready for bed. Cause I told him I wanted to go to bed at two. So he starts at one And then he tells me again at like one Hey man, bedtime's coming up. And then two rolls by and the robot stops. Cause he knows I'm not fucking going to bed. He understands that the robot has already understood my fucking foibles just from living on my wrist for a goddamn year he's like well this fucking guy doesn't do anything right he's checking out my blood sugar he knows what the fuck is wrong with me he can he literally you know the fitbit measures your steps and your heart rate and all that my fitbit actually covers the times i put chocolate in my mouth just from the motion of my arm it's like oh one two there's a square that's a calorie it has a calorie count just on the hershey bars that i'm shoving down my goddamn gullet because it knows man it can totally feel it fitbit he totally becomes self-aware he fucking molds himself to your goddamn life. I'm surprised at this point he doesn't just go, yeah, you know, and sh- like shrug when it's time for bed. You're not going to bed. Like they should make a 
could do that. Instead of going, hey, buddy, time to go to bed. Hey, you should start getting ready for bed now. They should just go, you're not fucking going to bed. Why did you ask us to do this? The hell is your problem? Oh, more chocolate, idiot? That's what it should say. My Fitbit should just say, oh, more chocolate, idiot? Um, so the, the the point is, folks, I did. I woke up late today. Uh, and uh, I, I got up and, like I said, I grabbed the shower and I texted Maki and she was very nice and... Uh, last time I came here, I brought a ton of baked goods. This time I didn't even offer, like I should have, I, 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 no, I got on the road and I was like, I, I didn't even offer to bring anything. I feel like a jag off. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so I get here and I, I drove, there was a huge accident. I don't, did you, is that a noise? I think I just heard a noise. Perhaps there was a noise. Um, because <laughs> you can hear that car rolling. Some guy had a Dodge. Like, I literally know that was a Dodge Charger. I just know for sure that was a Dodge Charger that just went by just from the rumble. Uh, so... <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll talk about this in a second. So uh, so I get here at like 2 o'clock, and then uh, Maki's like, what do you want to do? Are you hungry, or what are we doing? And, I'm, and I don't, like I said, I knew I was recording the show because she had asked me to come here. And I show up, and she's got no clothes on. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening here at this point. Um, and she's like, well, I'm not starving, but I'm, I want a salad. Now, and by the way, here's another thing I just learned about terrible cancer. Um, your doctor has to okay your lunch. <laughs> like at all times, you have to go to him and go, hey, could, would it be possible I could have an orange? Like, I mean, I can't... Again, I, you, th- you think it's bad my Fitbit tells me what time to go to bed? Maki has to call a surgeon to find out if she can have a grape. I mean, it's like, what the fuck? Hey, man, can I have a grape? Mm, I don't know, man. Your T-counts were pretty high. Well, what about my G-counts? Because I'm having a fucking grape. I didn't say I was having a tape. Um... But yeah, so she she said, hey, I want to go to lunch. And last time I came here, I told you she brought me to a fucking hamburger joint that she really wanted to go to. So this time around, she's like, hey, I really want a salad. And I've been approved for a salad. Now, even so that, that way, even if I don't want a salad, I'm having a fucking salad because fucking her surgeon swooped in and said she's having a goddamn salad for once. She If, you, if she had to go through the hoops... Of contacting the hospital to find out whether she can have that for lunch. Guess what I'm having for lunch? You always, it's like the thing in Pulp Fiction where Samuel L. Jackson goes, Hey man, my girlfriend's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes me a vegetarian too, but I do love a good hamburger. Well, guess what? If your cancer patient, faux internet invited house guest girlfriend says, Hey, the doctor said I can have a salad. Guess who's having fucking salad? All of us. So... Uh, she's like, so, I'm, and, and again, she always makes me laugh because she's like, I'm not really hungry right yet. And I go, okay. And then she goes, so let's, are we going? Let's go to lunch. We're going to go. Well, if you're hungry, it's okay. She thinks she's accommodating me in some weird way. And I'm like, listen, I'm here to visit you. You're the one dying. So, I mean, no, don't even worry about me. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm here just kind of hanging out and having fun. I'm excited to see you. It's great. I mean, I'll watch you walk around naked. That's exactly why I come out here. Anything else is a fucking bonus for me at this point. Uh, but then, she, you know, again, she's very nice and she's very gracious. So she'll, but she'll think, like, what kind of food I want. And I go, I don't. Because then, <laughs> you know, last time I was here, I did the bit about the fucking hamburger thing. And then she listens to the fucking show. And she goes, why did you bitch about the If you didn't want to have, have a hamburger. And I go, of course I wanted a hamburger. I don't care. And she's like, well, yeah, but if you didn't want tater tots, I'm like, fuck, I, who cares? It's a show. We're having fun. Just like I, just like I'm, I'm, I don't, I, maybe I'm not so upset about the pool room. Perhaps I am, but you'll never know. Anyway, <laughs> maybe 31 cats isn't enough. <laughs> maybe I want to have a parcel of cats, a pile of cats, a pile of a parcel of cats, a pallet full of cats. Give me a pile, a parcel, and a pallet of cats. I've got a goddamn show in me. Uh... If you want to go to the theater and watch AIDS cats, I'm on board with that. Again, it's on the marquee. 
four and fucking four. So, uh, so she, she's again, she'll do that thing where she pretends that she's accommodating me, but she's fucking starving because I'm an hour late. And I get it. Hey, man, you're on the clock. You, every meal could be your last. And also, she might need to get some kale inside of her because otherwise she'll faint dead away. So, I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's stupid me. I'm just like, duh, I'm an hour late, duh. Not realizing she's got a fucking sundial that tells her when to take a pill. She's got all this other bullshit. Literally, I said she's got a portacath. Well, she's got a little turkey timer that pops the fuck out when it's time to eat, like a little bing, and she got a little red thing sticking out. It's like a third nipple, and when she looks down and sees that, it's time to choke down the salad she got approved for by the Board of Education and whoever the fuck else got a vote. Uh, so, but I'm late. So she wanted to eat, and she waited for me. So then when I walked in, she's like, hey, well, I'm not that hungry. We don't have to do this. And I'm like, well, you tell me. I mean, I'm just, all right, well, let's go eat now. Like, she immediately scoops up her stuff and runs to the car. Then, and then get this, do it again. She's got cancer, all right? Um, she grabs her car keys. Like she's, gonna, <laughs> like, she's gonna drive to the fucking restaurant. I'm like, what is your problem? So we walk outside. She's like, yeah, I'll drive. I'm like, you're not driving. She goes, what do you mean? I can drive. And I'm like, no, nah, you, fuck you. You're not driving. You're, you're ill. That's why I'm here because I'm, I'm here to take care of you for one day. I can drive to the goddamn lunch joint. And, uh, and also, I gotta be honest with you, folks. She's got cancer. If she's in the middle of a left-hand turn and she fucking gets seized up and goes under, I'm in the death seat and I get plowed by oncoming traffic. I can't trust that. God knows what could fucking happen. I could completely fall apart. I could wind up dead in some sort of spin-out. I'm not going to trust her behind the goddamn wheel. Um, but I'm supposed to. That's the deal. She's like, oh, I'll, I'll drive. Yay. And, and then I'm like, no, fuck, you're not driving. And she's like, no, I'll drive. And I go, no, fuck it. You're not. You can't drive. I'll drive. My car's right here. We'll go. And she's like, okay. And we start to walk down toward my car. And then, because my brain is fucking weird, but also I don't think it's weird. I think anybody would do this. I double clutch. And I think to myself, all right, look, she's got cancer. Is this like her only time to feel normal is driving a car? Like, did I just steal the one moment of joy she has where she isn't constantly being hovered over by nurses and people trying to fix her? Like, was, it, was that her chance of being able to establish some sort of independence from the illness and show that she was not going to be defeated? Like, is that, did I just literally kick her Helen Reddy right in the cunt? Like, I fucking hope not. I hope that was not her fucking I am woman, hear me roar moment driving me to lunch with cancer. And then I yanked the fucking proverbial T-cell rug out from underneath her. Because that would be... So then I, all that goes through my head. And so we get to my, we get right to my car and I go to open the door and I go, do you want to drive? And she's like, what? And I go, because like, is that your moment? And she looks at me and goes, I don't... What? And I go, is that your moment? Like to feel normal, like to drive me in a car with that, like to prove that you're not sick anymore? And she's like, oh my God, shut up. She's like, like no interest at all in indulging my nonsense. And she just gets in the car. Just stop. But I don't know. I'm trying to micromanage. I'm trying to be a good person. I'd want to make sure that she's okay, that I'm, we're all okay. Uh, because again, she's ill. And that could be, if that was her triumphant moment where she can, you know, if she wants to uh, drive and, and put, and literally not even use a signal, put her hand out and make a left or a right hand, you know, to prove that she's able-bodied and she can fucking handle it, then why, who am I to steal that joy from her? If she wants to drive to Rollo's Pizza or wherever the fuck we went and get her salad, Toppers, where the fuck did we go? Toppers? Yeah. All right, we went to Topper's Pizza. Um, so I so I offered. I was like, look, you can drive. And she's like, nah, d- dummy, no, fine. So we go there, and we went to Topper's Pizza, and 
Uh, and we got a, a lovely, she got a big salad. I got a lovely side salad. I got a small lunch sized pizza. Uh, and I got to be honest, let's credit, let's give credit where credit is due to Topper's Pizza. All right. First of all, Topper's Pizza is very much like a round table pizza, which you would find here in California. Uh, I don't know if you have them in other states. How, uh, if you're in the Midwest, it was very much like a Godfather's Pizza. Okay. It's, it was better than, certainly miles better than Papa John's. But uh, but better than Domino's and Pizza Hut. But like, but that kind of same in the same neighborhood. They all live in the same neighborhood. But uh, but Rallo or Topper's Pizza has a bigger house. Does that make sense? Like Round Table and Topper's lived it. They, they live in the cul-de-sac. How about that? Let's put it that way. Papa John's. They, they live in the ghetto. They don't even live in this block. But Domino's, Little Caesars, and Pizza Hut. They all live like the entry to the cul-de-sac. But when you drive down to where it turns into a circle, that's where you find your Round Table, and that's why you're where you find your your Topper's Pizza. So it was it was good. I mean, it's okay. It's just it's just your typical fucking lunch food, and it's got a buffet and all that kind of nonsense. But um, but to their credit, I will say this: they make uh, they, they had a deal. They had a they had a, a lunch pasta with a breadstick, or they had a lunch size pizza. Or they had a lunch-sized pizza with a side salad for only $7.50. Now, I was just going to get a lunch-sized pizza, but then I, I called an audible. I went, you know what? I got to have salad because she's having salad. I got to match with her, perhaps, because I didn't want to get pizza and she gets salad. And then the doctor's like, no, you idiot. You were supposed to have salad, too. Like, there's some sort of chemical reaction if I don't have fucking salad, too. And also, let's put it this way, folks. I love salad. I'm not going to lie to you. I love salad. I love a salad bar. As some of you may know, Soup Plantation, which is a restaurant here in California, which is also known as Sweet Tomatoes throughout the rest of the country, that used to be my favorite place to eat in the world before I got some class. But it was absolutely my favorite place to go because I would go there. I actually lost a ton of weight eating there because I would go there and eat like a fucking psychopath and then not eat for a day. And then I would eat like a fucking psychopath. Like, so it was like four days I would eat this salad, monstrous fucking salad and soup bullshit. And then three days I, I wouldn't eat at all. I would just kind of go on and off like a weird fasting deal. And uh, so like, so one day, again, I, I ate garden fresh. I ate, I ate all sorts of brilliant salads and soups and things. I ate European. I would even call that a European type of style of eating. Just salads and soups and focaccias. And then the next day, straight up Ethiopia. Not a goddamn crumb crossed my lips. So I go, Europe, Ethiopia, Europe, Ethiopia. I called it my 7E diet. Seven days, seven E's, Europe, Ethiopia, Europe, Ethiopia. That's how I handled my business, and I lost a ton of weight doing it. Um, but now I can't choke down. That's the thing. I, I did lose one of the things with my, with my surgery. I've lost all the joys of soup plantations slash sweet tomatoes. Oh, I can't. Because I used to make a giant plate of regular salad, and then I would get a giant plate of like their side salads with like noodles and pasta and things like that. And then I would get a bowl of chicken noodle soup that I would put a brownie in because I'm a weirdo. Because for some reason, their weird brownies tasted really good with the chicken broth. I don't, I can't explain it. It's like, you know, like even today, we were talking about dunking pizza in ranch dressing. I used to do that when I was a kid at Little Caesars when I was working there. Dunking your fries in a frosty. It's like you wouldn't, it's antithetical to what you would think you would normally do, but it's unbelievably delicious. But then uh, when I tell you that I, if you go to soup plantation slash sweet tomatoes, and you crumble up one of their crunchy, like kind of crusty brownies into their chicken soup, you're going to love it. I'm telling you right now. Now, now you're thinking to yourself, this is some sort of elaborate prank. It is not. I am not trying to trick you into ruining a bowl of soup. As we know, I wanted to go to Soup and Suds earlier and see if they had brownies. I wanted to do just that. But I am telling you right now, if you go there and you put a brownie, because it used to be a dunking situation, which is, uh, I saw the, I, by the way, I I saw them open for AIDS cats. They were fantastic. Oh, my God. Dunking situation is really good. Stole the show. I'm not going to lie to you. Absolutely stole the show. Dunking situation completely stole the show from AIDS cats. Um, 
<laughs> because you know why? Because there's AIDS cats. That stage is a busy stage with 31 of them. It's just, it's just way too much going on. I don't need to see four cats on zither. That's a lot of zithers. Just one cat on a zither and you gotta, you're in business. But you, go, you throw four zithers into it. You ever seen 31 cats operate a theremin? Oh, my God. That is not a good show. I mean, it certainly sounds like it would be. And then, because I'll tell you what, in the beginning, they're doing a song. 31 cats on a theremin are doing a goddamn song. But as it goes on, you start thinking, is this some sort of mouse call? Like, is this? Because it just loses its shape. You listen to a theremin for more than four minutes, and it starts to turn into some sort of weird thing where they're trying to get the rats out of the wall so they can attack them. And quite frankly, after having watched Dunking Situation, I would have wished that the AIDS cats would have somehow drawn the rats out to attack them so Dunking Situation could have taken the stage and closed the show. Because they should have been closing that show. There's no way AIDS cats is the headliner with Dunking Situation on tow. Uh, But 31 cats on a theremin, boy, does that throw you. All right, so uh, what the fuck was I talking about? You're taking notes. You're actually not. You haven't lifted the pen once. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, um, oh, so we're at the word fucking, uh, I'm eating brownies at Soup Plantation. That's the thing. I like to eat salad. So I got a side salad over there at Rollo's or Topper's, whatever the fuck. You, Rollo's, it's so funny because it's consonant, double consonant. That's what's in my fucking head. Because I saw the sign, I went consonant, double consonant, but it was just that weird, because it's written in cursive. So it doesn't, like, if it, you know, if it's going to be Topper's Pizza, literally have, it should, there's literally both P's should have eyeballs with one with a monocle and a top hat on the two P's. That's what Topper's should be. If you're Topper's Pizza, both P's should be, eye, like, have eyeballs with one with a monocle and a top hat right on the double P's. That's it. I'm, I'm telling you this right now. Somebody, create the logo for Topper's Pizza. Not you, David. You, you're limited. You can't, you can't win this contest. Someone create the Topper's logo that I just verbalized where you put the fucking top hat and the monocle on the double P's. God damn. And then we'll pitch it. And if they buy it, I'll, I'll split it with you. I don't know why I split it with you. Well, because I created it. Fuck you. You can do all the work, but I came up with the goddamn idea. Now, conversely, somebody make me a Rollo's pizza logo. And I demand that the R look like the Rollo from Sanford and Son. That's who it has to look like. Or Rollo Tomasi. Um, all right. So I, I, we go to fucking Toppers. We're there to get our food. And I get a little. So th- the thing that they do right, as I mentioned, there's all those different, uh, you know, uh, get a side salad, get a fucking pasta, whatever the fuck. Dudes, I can't tell you how many times I go to places to eat. And uh, it's a lunch special or something. And they bring you like a fucking snow shovel full of crab legs, like this gigantic fucking amount of food. It's like, dude, I'm in and out. This is a goddamn lunch where I'm going. I got 30 minutes before I got to be back to the construction site. By the way, I do not have to be back to the construction site, but still, that's what I tell them when I go in for a lunch. If I ever go to Chili's and they're like, oh, you got any time? No, I've got 30 minutes to get back to the construction site. Uh, but by going in there and ordering a lunch special, they'll bring you like a giant, like four sides and a fucking, I mean, it's just too much food. Now, Topper's Pizza they give you like a little tiny baby pizza and then a little side salad, a uh, little house. And it was a perfect amount of food. It was so, I mean, I was shocked. Like, I mean, we, we have pizza left over. Yeah. And, but I will tell you this. Here's one thing I, I'm very angry at Topper's Pizza for. I would say this is probably an eight inch pizza. Is that what you would say? Because normally if you go to a place, you get a 10 inch pizza. So that's like a small but these guys brought out like a fucking, uh, it, was, it was about an eight-inch pizza. It's a, it's a lunch size. Look, it's a lunch size pizza. It says it right on the fucking menu. Quit asking questions. So it says lunch size pizza. Now, you got an eight-inch pizza. How many pieces you cut that in? I ask you, folks, how many pieces do you cut that in? Well, you take your thing and you cut it in fours, right? Zing, zing, done. You got a four-piece puzzle that was an eight-inch pizza. Not if you're Topper's Pizza. You get out the rocker chopper, you cut the fucking thing into eight slices. What the fuck is wrong with you? So they give you these little crudite. Like, it's this weird limit. You might as well just stick toothpicks in each fucking piece you cut because you just made me hors d'oeuvres. I wanted a lunch. 
all of a sudden, because they get out the little rocker trap, like, shink, 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 shink. I'm like, oh, that's, that seems like too, too many cuts, quite frankly. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it's like it's like if you went into your barber and you're like, hey, man, just take a little off the top. And he took the whole fucking thing and cut it off. And you walk out of there calling back and looking for Shane, Shane, to come back Shane. But instead, they fucking, again, they rocker chopped the shit out of my goddamn pie. And it was lunch size. You didn't need to cut it into eight goddamn pieces because now it's baby size. Now it's bite size. Now just throw it in a fucking Vitamix and put it in a, through a strainer. Put it through a chinois, if you will. And I'll just drink this. Put it in a shot glass for me because you just made me a goddamn tiny ass baby pizza that I, I can't be seen eating in public. I'm quite frankly, I'm happy we took that food to go because there's no way a giant man like me can start eating eight little tiny baby pieces of pizza. The fuck? All right. But, but it's, I think they did it just to embarrass me because I didn't look at the way they cut the other pieces of pizza. It might have just been a message to me. Could have been a message to Rudy. A message to you, Rudy. <laughs> a message to you. Uh, don't get that baby pizza. Ah, better think of your future. Ah, all right, so... Um, so anyway, folks, so we, so we go to lunch, we get her her salad, so she shuts the fuck up about it, finally. Um, you know I'm kidding, right? We understand the strength behind this. All right, see, because I, I will tell you this. I've, I've heard from people that, uh, when they've had this, when this sort of thing happens, it comes off harsh. Like, because I mean, again, all the silliness I'm saying in front of you, and, and you and I know we're, we're friends and we're having fun. But, uh, there may be other people out there who are just kind of like, um, does she... Does she really have cancer? And if she yeah, does, I really do. Why the fuck will he not stop talking about it? Like, is he really? Why is he beating this into the fucking ground? Because that's what I do, and you've been here ten years. You understand this? Uh, it happened in Toronto when I went to Toronto this summer. I told you I I met Rick uh, Wellbanks. I talked about it on the fucking show, and I was I was just I was this guy. I was in overdrive, but because because here's the thing, I'm on the microphone now, and we're having fun. Yeah. But he and I we were doing it in a fucking restaurant booth, so it's me, him, and fucking Ken and, and John. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, for some reason, Rick just walked into the fucking propeller and I let him have it the entire goddamn meal. I thought we were having a good time. Yeah. And then I find out later, Rick is not happy and, and I can't blame him. I mean, again, cause if you get this when you're not expecting this and I, cause I don't do this a lot. Yeah. I mean, with, with, when I meet real people, yeah. uh, this is show Mike, he doesn't really come to lunch. You know what I mean? But, uh, whatever the fuck, why am I explaining this shit to you? Like now you and I are having a fucking conversation. Um, but my point is people have. Uh, said, hey, what are you, dude, what are you doing? And so just Maki's on board with this. That's all you need to know. Uh, that's why she put me in the back of her house. She knew this was the shit that was going to happen. She's like, I'm sorry, you can't broadcast in the good house. You got to go back out to the servants' quarters. It's just me and Kunta and Kizzy, and Kizzy's going to spit in my water. Literally, that's not even a joke. <laughs> Fucking Leslie Uggams just spit in a cup of water, and I drank it. And me and Sandy Duncan made a face at one another, and we drove off in our horse and wagon. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, fuck. So we went to lunch, and we came back here. And, uh, and as I mentioned to you folks, like I said, if you're going to have me to your place to live, if you're going to not to live, that seems harsh. Don't have me to your place to live. Not yet. Soon. That's coming. Don't kid yourselves. That is absolutely on the horizon. I am going to be needing a place to live eventually, I'm sure. Because, um, I mean, look, when I get cancer, nobody's going to come and do shows for me. Nobody's going to come and talk to me. Because that's going to happen. We all get, that's what we all do. We all get, everybody gets cancer. That's how it happens. Sure, they call it mesothelioma. Sure, they call it lupus. But it's still fucking cancer. Lupus is just, you know, cancer with a loop in it. That's all it fucking is. Mesothelioma, that's just cancer that just, you know, decided it wanted to be fancy. That's, that's cancer with a bow tie. That's all mesothelioma is.
Uh, you know, and, and, and look, our friend Maki's going to surf right through this. Again, my mom's had cancer four fucking times now or three goddamn times. Uh, so if that should tell you anything, if you're in close proximity to me, cancer can't kill you. That's it. Maki knows. My mom knows. If you have any sort of dealings with me over any sort of course of the years, because I, I mean, just from Maki listening to me for 10 years, it's built up a weird cancer shield inside of her. It's given her some sort of immunity. I mean, look, cancer will show up and hang out for a little bit, but he doesn't get to move completely in. He just rents. <laughs> If you li- if you listen to my show, cancer doesn't own. He rents. He comes in. He rents and he fucking bails. That's it. Eventually, you bring in a new tenant. That's how it goes. Uh, look at my mom. My mom at this point is has just like literally four fingers and a head in a jar, but she still powers on. She's a badass. And look, I don't want to take credit for my mom. I take credit for Maki certainly because why? Maki has a weak constitution without me. But my mom, forget it. My mom is just is just a walking buzzsaw. Fuck that. Uh, my mom's a walking contradiction, as Green Day would say to you. When go away. All right. So, um, but we should. I could probably. I could bail. Oh, wait, hold on. There's a helicopter. You guys hear it? There are fires here. I, the, folks, here's you want to you want to you want to bitch at me and you want to talk about all the bad things I'm saying about Maki. I drove out here where there were fires to talk to her. I came out here. I mean, there's there's unbelievable fires. I was look yesterday was Monday. I was going to come out here yesterday and do this goddamn show. She's like, oh man, I had a friend unexpectedly stop in from Ohio. Did I bitch about it? No, I went. Of course, I'm happy to come tomorrow. I don't care if the fires are raging. I'm happy to come in. So give me a fucking break, and I can say whatever the fuck I want. No, I can't. Um, so if you're going to have me to your place, as we've mentioned, now, and I look, I by the way, I throw this out there as a way to say because this I I sense a lot of this happening in the future. A lot might be a strong term, but still. <laughs> Because uh, in 2018, folks, it's going to be the year of the Schmidt. We're on the road. We're doing things. We've got things planned. We've got stuff going on. This is a, a, I will go ahead and tell you this right now. I think I've told Maki this already, but I will tell all of you this right now. In January, folks, in January, January 15th to January 30th. And I say this to you because you, this, you could be there. Who knows? If you are, then we can get together. But uh, if you're not, then listen to where I'm going. Folks, in January, I'm going to Japan January 15th through January 30th. I will be there for two fucking weeks. How amazing is that going to be? I cannot wait. I'm excited. Now, I was going to tell you this uh, closer to the date, but I mean, I, I should give you three weeks to prepare just in case you've got things going on. If you were going to say to yourself, ah, I'll skip those two weeks. This is not the week that you want to skip. I will be in Japan for fuck's sake. Uh, I will actually, and you wonder why I'm going. I know you think it's a pleasure trip. However, that is not true. I have, uh, I have volunteered to explore Fukushima and try to find some non-radioactive material there and try to make it inhabitable again, because that's what I do. I work with the Red Cross folks. Uh, some of that might be a lie. Maybe all of it is. Uh, let's put it this way. I will go to Fukushima while I'm there. I hope they'll let me in. I can't wait. Because uh, like what I said, when I went to Kuwait, I wanted to go to Iraq and Saudi Arabia. I'm like, hey, can we go in there? And Hamad's like, no. Like, no way, dude. They're not going to, they're going to, like, I want to, because I wanted to drive to the border and just be like, I almost wanted to be like Bill Murray or whatever in stripes when they got to the guard tower and, and on the way to Czechoslovakia and they got out with the map. They're like, hey, man, come on. We, we, we took a wrong turn and we're over here. And then they fucking jumped the guy with the guns. See, I could pull that shit in Saudi Arabia. Just get out of the car and be like, oh, man, a party for me. Get out of here. And then like fucking kick a sheik in the head and steal his fucking clothes. And then I'm in, I'm in Saudi Arabia. I'm still sneaking around because you know what? That country's made to be snuck around in because everybody's face is covered. I'll totally wear a fucking hijab. I'll just look like a big monstrous chick. It'll be awesome. 
Uh, but Japan, I, you know, when I'm going, I cannot, I'm excited to go. Who am I? And you, I, I know you're thinking to yourself, well, why the fuck would you go to Japan? First of all, well, no, that, that seemed harsh. You wouldn't be like, why the fuck would you go to Japan? You'd be like, oh my gosh, you're going to Japan. That's what you'd be like. Uh, and yes, I am. I cannot wait. I'm excited to go. It's, it's going to be two weeks and I'm going, am I going with Ahmad? Of course I am Ahmad from Kuwait and it's going to be me and, and get this. Normally I hang out with Ahmad and then when I'm in Kuwait, I see a bunch of his pals. And then when he was out here, it was just me and him. But, uh, in, in, uh, Japan, it's like five of us. There's like five or six dudes. We got an Airbnb, which is going to be weird. Because um, again, I'm like Maki. I walk around naked all goddamn day. I don't know how those guys are handling it. But I, I'm going to show up there in, in Japan. And uh, here's why we're going. Because this is why he approached me to see if I wanted to go. We're going to something called EVO, which is a, an extra virgin olive oil competition. And I'm, I'm excited to make mine and enter mine. You know me. I've been making olive oil for years. I mean, I, I don't talk about it a lot on the show. But I dabble, certainly. Uh, no, EVO, I guess, is some, it's a fighting game convention. And what it is, is these people are playing like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat on giant screens in stadiums. And people go and they fucking whoop and they holler and it's a, co- a convention slash fighting competition. So we're going for that. Like, I mean, because Khalid, uh, Ahmad's friend Khalid is a gamer guy. And Ahmad's a gamer as well. But I mean, these, you know, his his crew of guys play games, but I guess Khaled is really kind of hardcore. So they wanted to go for this and they asked me if I would go. I said, absolutely. So it's me and Ahmad and Khaled. And then uh, Khaled has a friend from England who's coming. Uh, I think his name is Harry. Is that his name? Possibly. He's getting married soon. No, that's not. What if (laughs) he's friends? What if Khaled was friends with Prince Harry? Uh, And they brought Meghan Markle. Uh, I I can't wait to see Meghan Markle. By the way, Meghan Markle is a woman who's marrying Prince Harry. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Now, look, I don't give a flying fuck about the royals or weddings or any of that stuff. But good for them. I don't care. It's a kid getting married to a kid. I hope they're happy. Be happy. What are they? He's a kid. He's thirty. But he looks like that guy. You know what? I will say this about Prince Harry. Uh, Is it him or the brother who looks like Olive Loaf came to life? Like the lunch meat olive loaf. Yeah, I mean, one of those dudes is just, I mean, because one of them is actually, like, I guess Harry's, like, kind of ruggedly good looking, supposedly. But isn't he a ginger? Who's the ginger? Yeah. Harry's the ginger? All right, he literally looks like olive loaf. Uh, if, it, like, you know what? It looks like if Beaker from the Muppets fucked a pile of olive loaf. That's what Prince Harry looks like, which kind of goes against him being good looking, like I just said a second ago. That, you wouldn't think a good looking, but sometimes you get two ugly parents, you get a good looking kid. That's how it works from what I heard. Um, but but now, you know, that's what Prince Harry looks like to me when I see him or if it's his brother because he's got that unruly, kinky kind of reddish hair. And then is, he just, and he's a little pasty and that scrubbly fucking ginger beard. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's fucking, he looks, again, like Beaker from the Muppets fucked a pile of olive loaf. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, however, it did not stop him from attracting a very beautiful woman, Meghan Markle. Um, now, did Meghan Markle possibly understand the fact that she was going to be marrying into a royal family and getting a lot of money? Yes, I'm sure that had something to do with it. I got news for you. Depending on how much money you got piled up. And a title. And a title of being queen. What is she, princess? She's Princess Meghan. Princess Meghan, this society has gone completely in the toilet. The fact that we have a Princess Meghan. Oh, man, that's awful. Uh, I can't wait. I'm so, why, you couldn't find a Bambi, Harry? Is that what you couldn't find a Princess Bambi to marry? Uh, oh, Christ. All right. Well, good for her, though. But again, because they're just kids in love. That's all they are. And, uh, and with, with fuck you money for the rest of eternity, right? Don't they, don't they have the crown jewels and like the fucking, again, all that shit. Well, I guess so, because they have the crown, right? They got a castle. They, and, the queen, and that queen won't die. Jesus, fuck. She's like a thousand years old. She still lurks. It's craziness. You got to think those guys. Well, her mom lives all the time, too. The Queen Mother. That's what she was called. Yeah, she was like 104. Uh, yeah, oh my God, that's terrible. Well, I mean, I think that way here. I'm like, all these fucking white men who are destroying the country, why aren't they dying? 
Trump, Trump eats the entire fucking McDonald's menu every goddamn night. He's got a Diet Coke button on his desk. You would have think you would have thought just he'd be he'd be in an aspartame coma by now for fuck's sake. But he just lives on. It doesn't matter. He's he's he like I said I covered you from cancer. He somehow has some weird candy shell that keeps him from being attacked by any sort of disease. He's just he's just gross. Drinking water with two hands like Gollum. What the fuck is wrong with you? Did you see that fucking clip? There's a clip of Donald Trump at a press conference. He picks up a glass of water with two hands and slurps out of it like Gollum. Like Cindy Lou fucking who getting a drink in the middle of the night. What the fuck are you doing? That's the president. That's another guy that everybody tells me is fucking funny and smart and he's, he's tough. Get the fuck out. Look at him. Look at him drinking water like the bird in your back window of your uncle's fucking Impala. That guy's just, he's tipping his head down, two-handed on a fucking glass, slurping water up to get through a press conference. I'm doing, hey, I'm doing a fucking podcast. I haven't had one sip of fucking water yet. I've talked extemporaneously for a goddamn hour. Make me fucking president if that's all it fucking takes. This dude has got his head buried in a goddamn glass of water, two-handed. Jesus Christ, it looked awful. It just looked so bad. He looked like some dude who made his way through the desert and found a spring. What a fucking load. Oh, man. And it's like, I'm not even mad at policies anymore. He's just a dumb fuck. That's the thing that drives me crazy. He's like some angry, stupid fucking hillbilly idiot with a bunch of money. And somehow he lives on. He continues to live. And there's a hillbilly army behind him just going, yeah, all right, you triggered snowflake? Shut the fuck up. Jesus, God. I can't even. All right, I didn't, I don't know how that fucking spun out, but still, you know why? Because I thought of the royal family and now we've got our own and it's just as fucking inbred and bad. Jesus, God. But, you know, but again, those people, those lovely people, Prince Harry and Princess Martin, Megan <laughs> with an H, <laughs> Megan with an H, good Lord. Oh, yeah. You know what this world has been crying out for? Royalty that was in seventh heaven. Oh, of course, by all means, have royalty from a sitcom. Jesus Christ. Well, you couldn't, why didn't he meet Lisa Kudrow? That would have been just as fine. And then she could have sung Smelly Cat at the goddamn wedding. Fuck me. And the queen had to just fucking go tits up at that point, right? When he brings home the actress from the CW. She's like, you couldn't even find a network actress to fuck? Are you kidding me? You bring home this fucking bimbo from the CW. Good for you. Not even a fucking network anymore. Jesus, why don't you fuck the Flash? How about that? Would that be okay? The fuck out of here. Find some, you know, it's like, it's like if you fucking brought home a Netflix chick you banged. Jesus Christ. And as a prince, if you're a normal dude, fuck all the Netflix chicks you want. I'm on board with that. But if you're fucking royalty, hold out for network. Jesus Christ. Keep it in your pants till you get to ABC, CBS, or NBC. I know there's cord cutters, all right? I understand there's plenty of choices out there. Sure, you could bang somebody from the Discovery Channel. Why would you? Unless it's that Mythbusters chick. Holy shit, do I want to rail that chick. Is there any, there, there's no myth about it. No, don't, no need to bust that myth. I would absolutely plunge face first in her as she bent over this pool table in this room. I would not care. She could be, you know, literally face forward, reading all about soap and suds, soup and suds, whatever the fuck, telling me what the window said while I came in the back door face first and just fucking, yeah, forget it. All right, Maki, I apologize. All right, so... Um, yeah. I don't know. How do we get into... I don't know. How do we get into fucking You're Prince... Talking about the people that are coming and you got to England. Oh, that's oh, okay. That's right. Colin is bringing a friend from England. Like I said, he's bringing Prince Harry and Princess <laughs> Meghan. Oh, Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a step down. I'm worried about him dating Princess Meghan. He's coming to meet a podcast host in Japan. Prince Harry's on the fucking rocks. Dude, somebody help that fucking guy. His life has gone south. I'll tell you what, though. If he has me come to his house and do a goddamn show, I guarantee I'm not in the fucking pool house. 
what if he had a podcast room? He must. They got a castle. Oh, There's all sorts of fucking rooms. There's a rumpus room. There's a CW actress fucking room. There's got to be a podcast room. Yeah, right? He's got a room which is like full of lizards. He's got the AIDS cat room. He's got it all. Why the fuck not? See, we're peasants. we got to have the AIDS cats running wild throughout the entire house. Fuck that. Prince Harry's like bullshit. Put the AIDS cats in the AIDS cats room. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Christ. All right. So, fuck. Here's the thing. I'm going to Japan. It's going to be fucking amazing. And uh, and so, so like I said, and Khalid is bringing a a buddy from England. Uh, And then... I, and then there's several Abdullahs to be named later who are coming on this trip. I'm not sure because there's, again, like I said, there's Eastern European Abdullah. There's regular Abdullah. There's blind Abdullah. Uh, so one of them is coming. I don't know. One or two of them is making the scene. So uh, so I don't know. But either way, it's going to be fucking fantastic. So we're going to that EVO tournament. Are they going to compete? Uh, no, no. They're just coming and checking it out and watch. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, we're checking out that tournament. And then also while I'm in town, because then, cause then Ahmad, uh, uh, Ahmad turns to me and he's like, hey, we got to find stuff to do while we're there, man. And and so I've been doing a lot of research. So I'll, I'll tell you this. If you've been to Japan, fucking tell me cool shit to do because it's this weird delineation. Like I, I was like, oh, I want to see the cherry blossoms. You know, we're going to get – because when we get off, we're going to get bullet train passes, and that's that thing where you can just go all over the country the whole time you're there. You've got to buy a pass for the whole time you're in town. Can't be doing one day at a time bullshit uh, because unless unless it means you ride the train with Valerie Bertinelli, then I will do one day at a time. <laughs> I'll be happy to do that. If somehow the one day at a time train pass means that I get to ride the train with Valerie Bertinelli from 1979, I'm in. But we're going to go. So we got to get the bullet train passes. Like I said, I want to see the cherry blossoms. But I I wind up when I Uber, I meet people who've been to Japan or Japanese people. And I say, all right, tell me what I'm doing. I need to I'm going there in, in uh, in January. And I mentioned the cherry blossoms and immediately like I've mentioned it to two people. The, even though I shouldn't have had to, because the first one I mentioned it to went, oh yeah, that's that's the spring. You're not going to see those. They're not going to be there in January. So I knew that. But then the second person I was talking to, I go, yeah, you know, I wanted to see the cherry blossoms. And immediately he just goes, no, yeah, that's the spring. You can't, if you go in April. I'm like, oh yeah, I fucking know. I already had a goddamn Fukushima in the car and he told me, Yoko. Um, and that's not, I'm not generalizing. There was a Fukushima and a Yoko in my car. So uh, you know who I did not have in the car? Fukushima Yoko. You know what? What if there was a Fukushima Yoko? Oh no! It's not actually the way she sings. It sounds like her fucking vocal cords are Fukushima. <laughs> and, and there's like a like a rebound now where people are like Yoko's the best. Have you seen that? Like there's this weird backlash where people are like, hey man, Yoko was a genius. She got a bad fucking rap. And I'm like, I don't I don't think so. Honestly, I don't. I mean, I've maybe she's an influencer and whatever the fuck else, and she's and she wants peace on earth and all those neat things. And uh, John, look, John's a handful. We all know that. He was kind of a fucking tool bag, that dude. Uh, and he stole a bunch of shit, too, when he was alive. I mean, you love him? Yeah, sure. What? Hey, dude, I love the fucking Beatles, too. I love Zeppelin, too, but they didn't write one song on their own. I mean, it's just, just the way it was. Um, but yeah, so but, so maybe Yoko had to survive that bullshit. And then, you know, and... Uh, and, and Paul McCartney seems like kind of a, a, a... I mean, again, he seems like the nicest man, but also he seems like he could be kind of a pill, too, if he... If, and why the fuck not? If you're Paul McCartney, why wouldn't you just, I'd walk, literally, I would dick slap everybody. Just be like, fuck you, man. I'm Paul McCartney. Hey, Jude, fuck you. Like, that's all I'd say to people. Anybody gave me any shit at all. Hey, Mr. McCartney, I'm sorry. There's going to be a 10 minute wait. Hey, Jude, fuck you. That's what I'd say. And I'd just walk in. Stop me, motherfucker. You're not gonna. It can't happen. And I would just, you know what I would do? I would walk in like Abbey Road. I'd just freeze there and just make them look at me. Yeah, guess what? Remember this photo? Iconic? Yeah, that's me, motherfucker. Where's my table? Hey, Jude, fuck you. 
I don't understand because, again, like those rich entitled assholes in Congress and all those motherfuckers, they swing their dicks around all the time. Why can't celebrities swing their dicks around? That's what I would do. I would just be a jagoff, man. Oh, my God. If I was the Beatles, forget it. If I was all the Beatles in one, I'd be a, a weird Beatles monster. How strange would that be? If I was a human centipede of Beatles, oh, my God, would that be great? I'd happily eat Paul's shit. And then I'd gradually shit in Ringo's mouth. It would work out perfectly. Uh, I got to figure out. I'm, I'm, if I'm in the... I don't know why I get into the human centipede of Beatles. I don't know why they include me. Maybe because I paid for the procedure. I don't know. Uh, that's the only way I get into the human centipede of Beatles. But you got to figure, who's in the front? It's got to be John, right? Well, no, no, you know what? Fucking Paul. I say Paul's in front because John died. He's gone. His, it, Paul made more of a legacy. Granted, it was pipes of peace and bullshit like that, but still. So I think in the front of the human centipede of the Beatles is Paul, and he shits into John's mouth. And then John shits into George, and then George, of course, shits into Ringo. And Ringo just, he just, he's got to eat it. Although he's another one that I keep hearing. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, Ringo's the guy. Like, he's, he held it down. He's a really great drummer. And I, I don't know enough about music to argue. So I just go, oh, okay. Well, if you come at me with your Ringo bullshit and Ringo was great, I got news for you. That guy got by with a little help from his friends. So I don't want to hear you giving him all the credit in the goddamn world. No, no, he's not getting, like, all I'm just saying he's not, like, I only did it to say the song name Maki. I only did it for that <laughs> reason. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, but if I get into that Beatles human centipede, am I behind Ringo? Eh, put me oh, between. Really, really the, uh, I. But again, I paid for the fucking procedure. <laughs> put me. Put me in. I, I guess out of just out of respect, I got to go between George and Ringo. I mean, am I good enough to eat Paul's shit? And am I good enough to shit in John's mouth? No, I got to be honest. And I don't know if I'm good enough to eat John's shit. And I certainly can't shit into George's mouth. So I got to, I, but I can eat George's shit and shit in Ringo's mouth. I can pull yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fuck that. I'm, I'm fourth in the, in the five headed human centipede of the Beatles. Um, you know, actually, you know what? I'm going to throw Pete Best in just to be a cunt. Just so Ringo is feeling good about himself. Yeah. I go, Pete Best. He gets, yeah, he goes behind Ringo. <laughs> fuck you, Pete Best. Yeah. Take that. And where's Stu Sutcliffe going all this? Fuck you. You're going way at the end. <laughs> Bullshit. I got news for you. Hold on. Pete Best is right at the end. It goes, Paul, John, George, me, Ringo, Pete Best. And we eat Stu Sutcliffe and we shit him all out and we get, yeah, he has, he's not even good enough to be part of the human centipede of the Beatles. He gets eaten and shit out by all of us. I got no problem shitting out of Stu Sutcliffe into Ringo Starr's mouth. What the fuck? Whoever said that sentence in their life. <laughs> I got no problem with that, folks. All right. Uh, so boy, Prince Harry's going to love me in Japan. When we have these conversations, I cannot wait to talk to that guy. <laughs> I'm going to go, look, man, you got inside dope on the Beatles. Let's get this human centipede thing rolling. By the way, how's Megan? <laughs> Megan! Oh, Lord. Oh, Christ. All right, so here's the thing, folks. I'm going to Japan. It's going to be fucking amazing. So we're going to EVO. It's a fighting tournament and a bunch of stuff going on at the, in, the, in the theaters and stadiums. Stadia, if you will. But also while I'm in town, get this. Here's another thing. Oh, so I, I, I apologize. Before I get back to that, I, I ask people in the car what we're doing and what I should do. And I mentioned the cherry blossoms. And they immediately, they're like, no. But, uh, but there's a clear delineation. Like I've talked to like seven people who are familiar with Japan. And all of the older people... Uh, they mention these castles and they're like, oh, you need to go see in this prefecture and you need to go to the hot springs and they have all these really amazing things that they say. And every young person tells me to go to this red light district that I looked up. Like uh, Rapongi or something, I, I, I looked at whatever. And what's funny is there's a, there's a tag team in New Japan Pro Wrestling named Rapongi Vice. So the, uh, I'm not kidding, the three young people that I talked to, they all told me places to go in Japan and it's all this... Uh, I forget the name of it. I fucking, I, of course I jotted it down. It's Hurima. I don't know. It's a red light district. Yeah. 
And, uh, and then when I Googled it, all right, let's, all right, I'm going to talk about this now. And I apologize to you, Maki, because you're a lady. Um, although we've kind of passed that point at this point as I, and you're naked anyway. So what the fuck? Uh, <clears throat> so I Googled it and, uh, it turns out that, um, there is vice in Japan and I don't know. I, and look, I know my friends are certainly not going to be involved in this vice. I, they are not, that's not who they are as people, but part of me is like interested to see what the vice could possibly be like in Japan. So I Googled it and I looked and there's bathhouses in Japan, certainly. And then there's, uh, I, I all right. I looked up geishas in Japan. Now, it turns out geishas are not a sex-based service. Geishas are all about tradition and all about hospitality and all about basically taking care of you. Yeah, they they do everything they can to give you the best experience of your life. But you're not going to tag a geisha. Is the point? Well, but you have to. Well, of course, you have to go in and be kind and be. That's the whole. But if you're paying for the experience, because the stuff that I found. No, but it's like fucking 500 bucks a head or 300 bucks a head to go to these geisha places. And it's they come in and they do a dance and they sing a song and they bring you food and they take care of you. And they're they're not concubines. They're geishas. All right. So they you're not fucking anybody is the point. Um, but they are they, they are there for your pleasure which means whatever you need, they will get it for you. And I was fascinated by that because I love the idea of that unfolding and, and having a dinner and the whole pageantry of it and the tradition. And I really wanted to experience that. It's a, it's a little pricey though. I mean, it's pretty heavy. Um, but I Googled, there's a few of them, but there's one that's supposedly the best. And I think that was like five, $600 a head. And I was like, yeah, that's a bit high. Um, <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> that led me into looking at this red light district and looking at these places. And, uh, and look, I, I shouldn't even tell you this kind of thing, but it's the truth. <laughs> um, you know, they have, obviously they have, uh, escorts and they have sex people and things like that. They've got, uh, all that sort of thing. But, uh, the thing that, uh, kind of piqued my interest and I didn't think it was real when I first saw it until I, I researched further and folks, listen, always do your research. You'll learn right now. This is something you should absolutely research. Now I will tell you this immediately erase your Google history after, please get rid of your search history once you do this. But this exists in Japan. It's real, uh, in Japan folks. And now look, I don't know the Japanese character for it. I'm sure I could draw it and it would look nothing like it, but it still would get the point across. In Japan, folks, they have what I'm going to colloquially refer to in English as a blowjob house. Now, here's the thing. What it now, I know you're thinking to yourself, what? <laughs> a blowjob house? Is that a house filled with blowjobs? Or is it a house you can earn via blowjob? I know you have many questions, folks. Relax. I'm here to explain. Uh... Uh, there, there are reviews online of these places. Apparently, it's the, the in this red light district. Once you get into this certain area, there's guys out and women out barking at you to try to get you in the door. Now, I will tell you this. The majority of the places do not accept gaijin. They got no interest in Americans wandering in there and swinging their dicks around and trying to pretend like they're big shots because I'm sure they'll come in, not respect the place. And, uh, and look, we all saw Cannonball Run. You can't get 10 Americans in one spot because they wreck the fucking joint in a fight. That's what happens. Terry Bradshaw loses a tooth. and The next thing you know, some fucking fat stuntman's going through a window. Nobody can have that happen. And I don't understand. I don't blame Japan for not taking the chance, but some places do accept gaijin and, uh, and I get, and, and this was the weirdest thing when I read it because it said it's, uh, <laughs> it's like $25 American and you go in and you sit at a booth and you just, you just take your pants off and you wait 
And uh, these girls walk around. They send a girl to you, and she sits down to talk to you, and then uh, and you talk, and then she goes. She gives you head. Yeah, and then when you're finished, she goes and gets a warm uh, towel and cleans you off, and says thanks, and you take off. Uh, now I, you know, look as a human being, certainly that seems like something you wouldn't want to do. As a man, however, who cannot possibly be considered a human being, men are not human beings. Let's be honest. Uh, there's some appeal in this attraction for me if I was in that state and it was something I wanted to do, certainly. Um, it all depends on whether you're, you know, all sorts of different things. There's all sorts of factors that cruise in. But if you're in Japan and it comes up where you're like, if you're just in the hotel and you're like, hmm, I wonder if I, maybe I take a ride to Blowjob House. I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad thing, right? Um, but here's my favorite thing is they're giving etiquette rules for the Blowjob House. And uh, one of the rules, they're like, uh, don't look at the other guys in Blowjob House. Yes, it's completely out in the open. It's it's as if it were a club or a bar and you walk in, there's just guys in booths and you see like, apparently you see women on their knees in front of them and you're, you know, you walk to the back of the room, you're walking, it's all going on around you. And and one of the rules was do not look at the other men in Blowjob House. And the, the guys who wrote these reviews were semi-adamant about it and they were also like, uh, hey man, why would you ever want to do that anyway? Who the fuck's going to look at these dudes while they're getting this action? And in my mind, how the fuck are you not looking at those dudes? How are you not walking by, high-fiving everybody, and just going, we're in fucking blowjob house. This is amazing. Dude, I don't, and I don't give a fuck if it's a Norwegian and a Finnish guy and a European and an Ethiopian from the 70s diet. It's all those fucking dudes. But if you're all sitting in booze and you're getting head from Japanese girls, how are you not just pointing finger guns? At least finger guns. I got news for you. You don't want me to look at you. You don't want to high-five me. If I'm getting head while you're getting head and we make eye contact... You're getting yeah. fucking finger guns. I'm Isaacing the shit out of you because I can't believe this is happening. This is fucking gorgeous. Um, I, I, I don't understand the, the, the squeamishness or the queasiness of these dudes. Because, again, they were very much like, yeah, you know, it's a good way to get uh, in trouble or get punched. You know, if you, you'd look at some guy while he's getting a blowjob. No, 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 it isn't. Well, then don't, don't get a blowjob in a fucking Japanese Denny's. Seriously, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? I'm supposed to be concerned about your feelings at this point? You just whipped your dick out in a Happy Days booth and you got a fucking girl on her knees while Alfred comes over and brings you some fucking f food. Get the fuck out of here with your fucking sensitive feelings. You're getting blown on the fucking f on the main floor of a restaurant. And I'm supposed to not look? I love that shit because that's like a subgenre of porn where there'll be like public porn and there'll be some girl giving a guy a head like at a concert and uh, someone will go to film it and they'll be like, they'll be like hey, don't look, hey, eyes to yourself. What do you mean eyes to yourself? Go get a fucking suite or a bed or quit being so white fucking trash that you're eating ass in the parking lot of a Buffalo Bills football game. At least, you know what? I got news for you. You're bent over a car getting tagged in the ass. Maybe. Hear me out. Open the back door and climb the fuck in. Then if someone comes peeking in the goddamn window, maybe you got a case for keep your eyes to yourself. But if you got your ass swinging in the breeze like a goddamn all-you-can-eat buffet, I got news for you. There's going to be a line. So Japanese blowjob house, I want to go just to make the eye contact with everybody. I don't even give a shit about blowjobs. I just want to walk through and take a lap and point at everybody. Ha <laughs> what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Yeah, seriously. No, I just, want to, I just want to disrupt the order. That's all I want to be. I just want to bring chaos to the natural order of the blowjob house and walk in and just run around and high five everybody and just like fucking like Belushi. Who's with me? Let's do it. Hey, and run out the goddamn door. That's what I want to do. Just fucking high five. Because again, if you if you dare, if you fucking dare, give me attitude like, what are you looking at? What am I looking at? I'm looking at a guy from fucking Norway getting a blowjob from a toothless hooker he just met. 
I'm looking at, you know what I'm looking at? A guy who's, who's short 25 bucks. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the same thing. I, you know what? If I, I'd be looking at the same thing I'd be looking at if I was looking at a goddamn mirror. A guy who was bored in his hotel room. That's what I'm fucking looking at. Jesus, you know, you know what I'm looking at? A guy who's going to need HPV medicine in about four months. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a walking herpes sore. That's what I'm looking at. Get the fuck out of here. Jesus Christ. I just want to do that. I want to upset. I just want to be the chaotic neutral who fucking shows up at the blowjob house and tips the whole thing on its axis. Then they said there's places like where uh, you can go in and it's, we have peep shows here. You know what I mean? But, it's, but they said in Japan, there's this peep show. And by the way, this was the, this was the Cadillac of joints because they had the blowjob, their reviews of the blowjob. Here's my, here's another thing that drives me fucking crazy. These idiots. There's like, yeah, you know, the talent in these joints isn't anything to write home about. Well, okay. I got news for you. If you thought you were going to get top fucking shelf liquor for a $25 blowjob kneeling on a dirty floor in a fucking Dupars, I got news for you, buddy. Just go buy some French toast and jerk off. It's not happening. You're the 40th dick this chick sucked today. I'm sorry she didn't have a chance to give you a wink. Who the fuck has attitude in a blowjob house? Ah, the talent here is not that great. I got news for you. She's tried every other job. And this is the thing she's good at. So maybe you back off. This is where she... Because I got news for you. It's not like she's like, oh my God, this buffet of cocks is delicious. She's not happy with you either, pal. Men are awful. Oh, the talent in this joint's not nothing to write home about. I got news for you. If you're going to sit down and write a postcard home about blowjob house, you deserve every fucking thing you get. Yeah, these girls aren't really beautiful or anything like that. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I'm sorry you're using this poor woman who probably has two kids like a fleshlight and you're bitching about the quality of it. You fuck. You entitled cocksucker. Jesus fucking... Ugh. This is why I must go and ruin blowjob house. This is why I must... I must bring Blowjob's house to its knees. Yes, I meant to say that. But they said the top of the line Blowjob house. It isn't even a Blowjob house. It's like a peep show joint where you go in and you watch through the little fucking thing. And then a guard comes in and you he brings the chick in. And I don't know if the guard is in the room at the same fucking time. And uh, it's Handjob house. So it's not even Blowjob house. But, but it's Handjob house. But supposedly <clears throat> a lot better class of dame, which I don't, literally, I don't know what that means. I got news for you. Yeah. Her job is still going to wind up with her being sticky. So I don't know what kind of class war you're bringing into this, but apparently it's younger, hotter girls are in hand job house and they strip and then they come in the room and then you, you, and you own, and you're on a clock too at hand job house. Like you got to come in and, and you got to fucking, yeah, basically you just like, you better concentrate and stare in her eyes and pretend that you're anywhere but there. Just don't even look at the goddamn clock. Literally it's, but again, honestly, when I heard that I was overjoyed because leave it to the Japanese to turn hand jobs into a game show. Fuck yes. You're goddamn right. I'm in. I, that's got to go on TV. I'll, you know what? The only way I go to Handjob House is if you promise to televise it because I will beat that fucking clock. I will rampage. Forget it. Just have he, and you know what? She better be wearing like a Hello Kitty hat and put me in a big fucking bear suit. I mean, I want the whole Japanese experience, motherfucker. I want the whole deal. Kobayashi better come in and eat 18 bowls of fucking ramen while I'm getting jerked off. I want the whole fucking thing. I'm going to have a good time over there. It's going to be great. We're ruining blowjob house. Visiting handjob house. Uh, yes. Yeah, I can't wait. Good. You know what? Let's. Let, I, I challenge you, Japan. I dare you. Bring your weirdest. 
Let's fucking do this. Next thing, literally, I cannot wait to do a telecast from there with an octopus in my ass. Uh, okay, uh, no, it's really not. All right, so let's talk about what just happened here, as a matter of fact, because I was going to tell you about this a little earlier in the show, and uh, and then we got uh, we got spun off into me having an octopus jammed up my ass while I got a hand job. Um, <clears throat> like I said, when you have me to your house, when you bring me here to talk. Uh, you know, have it, have a comfortable place, have it set up, have your salad already ready to go. You don't need to fucking shove me into the back into the pool room. And also, like I said, when I came here, it's Maki's house. So she lives here. I've met her mom. I've met, and I, and I mentioned that I met Nathan, young six-year-old Nathan, who might as well be 20 with his vocabulary and the way he carries himself. But the good news is that Nathan doesn't live here. So I was going to come here and record and I was fine with that. But he's always here after school. So I knew there was a bit of a clock on me when I came here today to record because, you know, it's, uh, you've heard the show. It might be explicit. And uh, as mature as our friend young Nathan is, he's still six. So I don't think he needs to be talking about Handjob House when he goes to school. So I was glad to know that he wouldn't be there. And also, look, I never knew I was going to get to Handjob House. You know, this show, it just kind of goes wherever it will. So uh, I came here and we, we ate our salads and we're at the table and it's like three o'clock. And I was like, well, where are we going to record? And that's when she said, well, you're going to go out to the dirty shed. And I was like, nah, it seems grim. Uh, and then the door opened and, uh, and I heard, hello, hey, who's here? And uh, our good friend Nathan walked in the door and he was with Maki's mom. And I said hello to her and she looked at me puzzled because she doesn't know why the fuck I'm here when her boyfriend isn't here and why Maki's naked. Um, she's probably trying to figure that whole thing out. But she's also probably like, well, you know, Maki's on fucking chemo drugs. Who the fuck knows what's going on half the time here? Um, and also at this point, when you have cancer and you're on chemo drugs, people just let you do whatever the fuck you want. So if you want to have a weird friend from the Internet come over while you sit around naked and eat a salad, by all means, go ahead and do it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so Maki's mom comes in with Nathan and, uh, Nathan of course is like, hi, how are you? What's going Nathan is almost, all right, I will tell you this. He's very precocious. He's very smart, but he also is very much like Gavin from kids in the hall. Okay. Hello. Did you know how much this weighs? Someone stole my bike. Did you see my mom or my dad? I haven't seen them in two years. Like he's that, you know, he's like constant machine of, of talking without really saying anything. Cause he's fucking six. It's not like, and I'm not, and look, I'm not busting his balls. I'm not like, Oh my God, the six year old can't carry on a fucking conversation. No, of course not. Cause he's goddamn six. Um, but he comes in and in my head I go, Oh fuck, he's here for, uh, you know, after school. Like I didn't even think about that. Cause again, I was late. If I'd been here earlier, this show could have been undertaken and it, he wouldn't have been here for school. So, but also at the same time, he was just coming in obviously just to say hi to Maki cause there's no way he would be here while I was recording. Maki knew I was coming to record. Maki's heard the show for 10 years. Maki knows what the fuck happens in the show. So obviously Nathan is just popping in to say hello. So Nathan comes over to the kitchen table where we're sitting and he goes, hi, what is this? And there's my microphone. And he go, and, uh, and I go, oh, that's a microphone. And he goes, and he starts holding it and he takes the sock off. Oh, what, what's this? And I said, um, well, it's, I said, it's a microphone. He goes, well, yeah, but what's this? And I said, well, it's like a sock. It goes on the microphone. Why? Uh, and, and again, I, I don't, so sock on the microphone is the game that's fun for ages six to 60 because everybody in the fucking world busts my balls over the sock on the microphone. Now, Nathan has jumped in six year old Nathan. Why would you have that on there? I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. Why don't you ask the other hundreds of people who make fun of me for it? Um, because I, you know what? Cause I like spitting on cashmere. That's why. Okay. Is that, is that enough for you? I like spitting on cashmere. By the way, I cannot wait to find Spitting on Cashmere House in Japan. Oh, my God. You thought Blowjob House and Handjob House were fun? Spitting on Cashmere is going to be amazing. Um, so he, so he, he pulls the sock off and he's looking at the microphone. 
And uh, he goes, what are you going to do with this? And I go, well, I'm going to talk into it. And, uh, and then he kind of walks away. And I said, I go, oh, is he just, is he here? Was he getting picked up? And Maki goes, what do you mean? I said, well, Nathan, when does he get picked up? She goes, well, his, his dad should be here eventually. I said, oh, I go, well, but I, well, that's your brother. And he goes, she goes, yeah. And I go, well, your brother lives here. She said, yeah. And I go, does Nathan live here? She says, yes. I've raised him since he was an infant. And I went, what? Is Nathan going to be here while I record the fucking show? She goes, oh, yeah, he's heard your show. <laughs> what? She goes, yeah, he, you know what? Oh, she goes, it's really cute. It's actually really funny. He heard your show. And then he looked at me and he goes, why does he curse so much? <laughs> and the only thing I could think of was that for some reason, if you get cancer, child services won't take your kid away. Because what the fuck are you doing letting this kid listen to the goddamn, to my show, to my show? That's ridiculous. Uh, but it's just been on either in the house or in the car and he's heard it and he's, he's, I guess he's fine with it. I don't, I mean, I don't know. He didn't, he hasn't critiqued it yet. He didn't tell me whether he thought it was good or bad, but I mean. He doesn't understand it. He gets bored. <laughs> <laughs> tell him to get in fucking line. Shut up. Oh, he gets, he doesn't understand it. He gets bored. I got news for Nathan. Tell him to get in fucking line. So, so, uh, so Nathan's, uh, that's, that's the epilogue. That's the whole upshot of this entire fucking thing. I'm back in the pool room with the Lego village on a goddamn pool table and a fucking telescope. And, uh, there is a thin pane of glass between me and Nathan on his iPad watching fucking gumball. Uh, and it was that thing where I when it, it started and I sat down to do this in my head, I went, well, this is not, uh, I mean, I got I to gotta watch it. And she's like, no, don't worry about it. And I go, no, I got to watch it. He's fucking right there. He's just there. And then, uh, you know, as you can hear, the fucking show just becomes the fucking show. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's like, because here's, I'll be truly honest with you. It's not my kid. I mean, what the fuck do I care? It's not, he's not, I know he's there. He's two feet away behind a pane of glass. And I'm sure he heard every fucking word. Um, but it's going to be fucking worth it. It's going to be fucking worth it when he writes his eighth grade report on Japanese hand job houses. <laughs> you guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can be my friend at Twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. No, you can't be my friend there. You follow me there, right? That's what you do. You get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt You friend me on Facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. And then you send me photos and Snapchats and all that kind of stuff at Snapchat and Instagram, and that's Mike40YOB. Look at all these ways to get a hold of me. There's five different fucking ways to have me in your goddamn life. Six if you want to have me come to your goddamn house and hang out. Uh, and I was going to talk about more places, too, but that just seemed like a natural end for the goddamn show. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I thought I was going to go out with a big laugh on Handjob House and Maki instead went, nah, he's just, he's just bored. He doesn't understand. Fuck. I just ruined the end of the fucking show. I thought that was going to be a huge laugh, and I could walk on it, and I said, fuck it, you're walking anyway. What the fuck? Um, so again, get me at Facebook or be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy, Twitter, Instagram, fucking Snapchat, Mike 40 YOB. Find me there. Send me photos like our friend Hannah, who's in Nice, France right now, sending me photos from there, which is nice. I like to see Nice. Uh, exactly. She's totally lucky. And then our friend Roland, who's a dapper uh, manager of a theater. I saw Star Wars and he and I talked a little bit about a back and forth. Well, we didn't really talk about it. Uh, I just mentioned I'd seen it. And he's like, I saw it too. 
And then I just kind of drifted into the ether because I'm a 50-year-old man. Um, so that exists. You can find me at all those different places, Snapchat, Instagram, everywhere else. Uh, Geo, it's funny because I, Geo, our friend, superfan Geo, I'm about to mention. Well, first of all, I'll talk about Ryan Dirks. Ryan Dirks is our web guy. He's, uh, he's the guy who does all the web stuff for the show when I contact him and give him stuff to do. And I'm sure he's just locked and loaded waiting for me to do that very thing soon, Ryan, soon. But Superfan Geo, not super fan of me, but super fan of others. He is uh, he did the YouTube channel and he's trying to get me to do all sorts of different YouTube content other than archives of the show. So I went and saw Star Wars and he's like, dude, you gotta do a Star Wars review. I said, I, I'm not, I can't, I this why? It's fucking dumb. Who wants to hear me talk about Star Wars? He goes, everybody, like a lot of people. And uh, I go, nobody wants to hear what a 50-year-old man who sort of likes Star Wars thought of the movie. Like I, because that's the thing. I don't, as I mentioned, when I, I did the Star Wars, like the last Jedi fucking, or no, this is the last Jedi, the the Force Awakens. I did that, or Rogue One. One of those, I did the fucking spoiler episode for, for comedy film nerds. And I even told them, I go, look, I don't jerk off to these movies like everybody else. I mean, I, I you know. I, I, I like them. I enjoyed them as a kid. I, but I have friends who saw Star Wars in the theater eight times when they were 10. So those, you know, call that guy. Call Larry Swick. Talk to him. I mean, he might have something to say. Um, but they're like, no, just come in and do the show. And then, so then they get the perspective of a guy. And I look at it as a moviegoer. I don't look at it as a fucking nerd or a crazy, you know. I don't have a Boa Fett helmet on. Um, which is, which is fine. Okay. But I think of the movie like this. People want to marinate themselves in expertise. So... If I come out with a fucking review of Star Wars and a video of it, it's just like, hey, so then I saw The Last Jedi and and everybody's like, what the, who the fuck is this idiot? Why do we care what he has to say about it, right? So I, and I talked to, and so then I found every reason not to do it. I'm telling Gio, I go, look, it's just, there's going to be billions of people. And he, he's, suddenly, he's sending me clips. He sends me a clip of a guy named Angry Joe. And it's some, he's a guy who just does, he just shits on movies. That's what his whole deal is. I go, and he's like, here, this is a video. Look at all the fucking views. Because it already had like 83,000 views in two days. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a dude. And this is, here's how pathetic I am. I go, yeah, but look at that. I got it's three dudes. They're wearing blazers. Looks like they have something to say. They got like real microphones and headsets. There's like a backdrop that looks normal and nice. I go, I'm in my apartment, Gio. What the fuck do you want me to do? You want me to talk with my goddamn, with my wall behind me or a Mr. Blonde poster? What the fuck? Because I know people who do fucking YouTube stuff. And I laugh because I'm there in our apartment and it's dark and they're kind of side lit by a lamp and they're talking and also like out of nowhere like a, a putter falls on them that was in the, in the utility closet it's like nobody this is not professional i told you i want to be professional he goes you don't have to be professional just fucking put it out there and then but then he comes up with this he's like tack a black sheet up behind you so you have a black background he goes we got to get you a green screen i'm like yes all of these things are true they do not help me now with my last jedi review and then he's like you know what you should do when you walk out of the movie just record it in your car just record it right into your fucking phone and then we'll post it so then i think it's five minutes long right so i'm like well you know what i could bust out five minutes. But the thing is, if I'm going to do this kind of fucking thing, I need to be laser fucking focused. I can't do what I do here. We can't all be, I can't be talking about Star Wars. And then all of a sudden I'm talking about Meghan Markle getting railed in, in the AIDS cat's room. You know what I mean? Nobody wants that. Cause then I'm just doing the fucking podcast. So if I need to do it, I need to be laser focused on Star Wars and make it fucking happen. But am I ready to do that? Well, I think I could probably pull it off. And he told me, he's like, he, I got to tell you this, this, I loved when he said this. He goes, dude, you go on movie shows. He goes, you're on Monster Party. You're on fucking Battleship Pretension. You're on, on uh, Comedy Film Nerds. He goes, I love those episodes. You do really well and you can bring a lot to the broadcast. He goes, you know what you are, dude? You're wasting your, your, your movie knowledge on those shows. I go, no, I'm not. I'm a guest on their fucking show. Those shows are big, popular, good shows. He goes, but you bring your, your movie knowledge. Uh, the only reason I tune in is because I want to hear you. He goes, you know what you are? You're like the tiny Derringer in the boot of like five or six podcasts, the hidden weapon nobody sees that they wind up killing the guy with. <laughs> And I was like, God damn, that's a badass analogy. I go, thank you. That's great. I'm still not recording in my fucking car, though. I'm still not putting a black sheet up in my fucking house. Like, it's a fucking weird ass, let's put on a play in the barn nonsense. 
Jesus Christ. Here we go. Star Wars show. It's in my apartment. Don't you know? I like this movie. I mean, nobody wants that shit. No, it's fucking awful. Nobody wants to see that. 50-year-old idiot in his fucking one-bedroom apartment going, I saw Star Wars and here's what I thought. Oh, get in line. The entire earth has a goddamn opinion. Why should we give two flying fucks about yours? It's crazy. But he's like, do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. So then I'm like, I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. And he, like I said, then, then, but then the rules come in. He's like, you know what? Well, you should do it like a, put up a black sheet like behind you. It'll be fine. I'm like, I don't own a black sheet. I mean, what the fuck? I'm not in the reverse clan. How the fuck do I have a black sheet? And, uh, and then he goes, this is my favorite part. I go, well, I, I mean, I could spit out like a five minute thing. I go probably. And he just goes, no, no. He goes, it has to be 20 minutes. I go, fucking 20 minutes. He goes, yeah, you do in the beginning. You kind of give an idea of like what you thought. And then you give him a spoiler warning. And then you just, you know, spit out everything, all the knowledge you want to spit out in the last 15. And I'm like, dude, nobody, I mean, fucking 20 minutes, a 20 minute review. I mean, cause I, and also I didn't know if I had 20 minutes of stuff to say about Star Wars. You know what I mean? I, I don't want, I'm not spoiling anything or I'm not telling you anything that I'm, you know, whether I liked or I didn't like it or however the fuck I felt about it. I mean, I could... I could talk about it certainly for 20 minutes, but would it be good or smart or interesting or entertaining to anybody? Would anybody glean any sort of insight from it? Yeah, because you have, you see things other people don't sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, you'll see something in news that other people don't. Like, so there's things I didn't notice, like you'll bring up. I see. All right, I get, I get that. You're very nice to say so. And that's what Gio said too. He's like, they're watching for your viewpoint. They're watching because you're funny. You're watching because you, he goes, they're watching because you are a 50 year old guy who has an opinion about Star Wars instead of being some nerd in a cape or something like that. Yeah, but then, then but there's got to be millions of regular guy movie reviews out there and all that bullshit. Hi, I'm Johnny Lunchpail, and here's how I felt about Johnny Swade. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Nobody cares. It's, there's got to be this army of disenfranchised regular white dudes with Fight Club interviews and reviews on the, on the web. Because he also sent me the clip from this woman, this little girl. She's a little girl. There's no doubt. She's probably, she's got to be fucking 18, maybe. And it was Tamara Watches. And it was like Tamara watches Ghostbusters, Tamara watches Fight Club, Tamara, and she's like, hey, I saw this movie, and it's just, and also here's another fucking thing about these YouTube fucking videos that drives me out of my goddamn fucking mind. They will talk in 10 second bursts and stop the camera. Who cannot speak extemporaneously? Who the fuck are these people? This, this show is a one take Jake. I'm not, right now, we have talked and we have not stopped once. Okay, is it good? No, but so fucking what? I can still fill the goddamn time without having to stop all the fucking time. Those people on YouTube would be like, hi, I'm Tamara, and I saw a movie this weekend called Quick Change. Click. Quick Change is a movie with a guy named Bill Murray from Saturday Night Live. Click. <laughs> and, and they keep stopping. Saturday Night Live is a television show from NBC. You know, it's, it's just, and look, they're bad. They're so bad. And that's why he's like, yes, these are fucking bad. That's why we need you. And I'm like, I'm just a different kind of bad. I mean, fuck. I'm serious. So what? I'm an, I'm an elevated level of bad. I'm bad too. You know what I mean? Is that what you want? Bad 2.0? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I understand it. I Look, I get it. I'm flattered and I'm honored that somebody would think that I would have anything to contribute in that way. But then I can talk myself out about it that fucking quick. I can talk myself out of it and just go, there's a million dudes doing this. Again, Angry Jim. And yet, and, but then Gio's like, yeah, Angry Jim makes fucking like thousands of dollars a month. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't make thousands of dollars a month. What would I do? It just, it, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know.
So maybe that'll happen. I don't fucking know. You know, last week I did Facebook Live stuff, and now everybody's like, you should do more Facebook Live stuff. But then it's just this, where I'm doing this on Facebook Live. Don't you get this once a week? Maybe people want it once a day. I don't fucking know. Who knows? I mean, when I did the fucking Patreon page, I was telling people all the time, I'm like, you know what, man, on Patreon, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll do Q&As every week, and I'll, I'll, go, I'll do a movie review. It'll be the Super Angry Guy Gene Happy Good Time Yelling Hour. You know, I was like, let's do this. And, uh, and it was an idea that I had, and, 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 you know, me and David were talking about it, and then... There's no live interface, so I can't do a live thing. I've got to do a video, put it on YouTube, and then put it on Patreon. And that one step was enough for me to go, ah, nobody wants this. Nobody wants this bullshit. Are you you telling me i got to buy four thumbtacks and a black sheet? Fuck this. I would make thousands of dollars a month if I did. Who fucking cares? Can't do it. It's got to be, it has to be incredibly frustrating for people out there who believe in me and then hear me not believe in myself in such a fucking aggressive way. Eh. Mike, we are all telling you we want to hear what you thought about Star Wars. Nobody wants to hear what I thought about fucking Star Wars. Fucking puppets and Jedis and Luke and bullshit and a sea turtle and whatever the fuck. Yeah, I get it. X-Wing fighters, right. And it's like, no, yeah, go ahead and talk about it. We want to hear you say about it. It's funny you tearing something down or or Ray and Rilo and Riley and Snoke and Rilo Kylie and whoever the fuck else and helmets. Uh, and everybody's like, yes, please continue. Tell us more about the movie. You don't want to hear this bullshit. It's so stupid. The whole, my whole review would be like, I can't believe you guys are here. I don't know why you want to hear me say this anyway. So then I paid to get into the movie and I'm in there uh, and I'm eating a hot dog. <laughs> everybody's like, shut up. Talk about the movie, fuckhead. No, I'm going to review this hot dog first. Let me tell you something. This hot dog was unbelievable. And uh, so, uh, shut up, focus. God damn it, focus. Use the force, dick fuck, and talk about the movie. Drop the hot dog. Uh, although they didn't give me free concessions when I went to The Last Jedi. It was, it was a three o'clock in the morning movie. I went and saw it, and I walked up to the counter, because again, I, I concessions, whatever, and I walked up, and the woman goes, whatever you want is free. And just like with this resignation where she's just like, ah, whatever you want is free. And I go, seriously, why? She goes, because we've been running, we've been open for over 24 hours. And uh, at a certain time, our registers shut down because we have to run a report and uh, I can't ring anything up. So anything you want is free. And I said, all right, well, I, you know what? I'll take a bucket of popcorn. She's want butter. I go, uh, nah. I go, you know, and usually when I go to the Arclight, they have like sausages. They have like a, a mango chicken sausage. And I'll get a sausage. So I'm like, which is fucking ridiculous. And I know it's stupid, but it's the only way. That's what fat guys do. They go and get odd food at odd places. You know what I mean? It's like if I went to, if I went to, if somehow they had foie gras at a gas station, I'd find it and eat the fuck out of it. I'm just that dude. Oh, I want a chicken apple sausage on a baguette at the movie theater. <laughs> oh, James, you know, you know who approved of this? James Fake Beard. Oh, he loved it. He was here with his costume director. Get the fuck out of here. But that's what, that's what I do. Any stupid, dumb food in a joint like that, I'll order it. So I said, I, you know, I go chicken apple. I go, but I'm, I'm smart too. It's three in the morning. So I go, I go, I was going to get a chicken apple sausage. How fucking terrible are they? And she goes, oh, they've been in there probably since 10. And I go, seriously? And she unwrapped it. And I go, she, well, first of all, she, she unwrapped it. And she looked at it and she goes, she just nods her head no. She's like, nope. And I go, all right. I go, I'm not even going to look. I'm going to take your word for it. I go, how gray are the hot dogs? Uh, and she goes, well, she goes, and, and the guy walks up and he goes, those might be a little bit better. We put those in around 1130. So he, she pulls out a hot dog and she opens it and she goes, uh, it's kind of gray. And I go, free? I'm taking it. I'm, I'm going gray hot dog. And because uh, I will tell you what, I have a weakness for the warmer heated hot dog. 
because it will stay really hot in the warmer and the bun is really soft. And I don't put anything on it because I just like the taste of hot dog and bun. Like when I go to the Dodger dog at the stadium, I just put onions on it. Like I don't need fucking ketchup and slathering and bullshit because she's like, what do you want, mango barbecue? I go to fuck that plane. I just want gray. You know what I want? I want gray flavored hot dog. And free popcorn. I want free flavored stuff. She goes, here you go. So I did. I got gray dog. I got fucking bucket of popcorn. I went and sat down. Me and 50 other people enjoyed the, well, we watched The Last Jedi. I don't want to speak for the other 50 people. I don't know what they thought. And I don't want to give any spoilers away, but the movie exists. How about that? And I went and saw it. But Gio is like, you got to put up a review, man. You got to put it on YouTube. You'll make so much money. And it's like, because he's also a genius in that he thinks that way. Like, I, I just think, not only will I not make money, YouTube will call me and demand money from me for posting the video. Hey, dude, there's a million 50-year-old assholes who sort of talked about Star Wars. You owe us 80 cents. And I'd be like, all right. I mean, like, I wouldn't even fucking care. Um, but then there's part of, again, there's that part of me that's like, I'm a genius. Everybody needs to know what I fucking think. Let's talk about Finn and the casino. You know what I mean? Like, I want to do that. Um, but I, because I would love to talk about that with you right now, but I will not because I will not spoil things, but there is a casino in the movie. All right, so anyway. Um, Gio, as I've mentioned, he does all the YouTube stuff and certainly not enough YouTube stuff if he's not busy enough because he keeps telling me to do more fucking YouTube stuff. What he's doing now is he puts up the show every week, but still our friend, super fan Gio, not super fan of me, but super fan of others. You can find him at uh, facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. Find him and be his friend there. Check out his podcasts, Pod Gods as well as all of the Loveline stuff that he does for Adam Carolla, and he's working his ass off doing that, as well as working his regular job, taking care of Mac, his dog, trying not to kill snowplow drivers. This is a man who's busy. And yet, as busy as he is, half of his time is spent sending me texts telling me how to better myself, and I can't appreciate him enough for that, because he is the coolest. And, uh, and I hope I don't let him down too much by turning down his harebrained schemes, because he always comes to me with some Ralph Cramden idea of inventing a new potato peeler and putting my face on it. <laughs> Dude, what if we made a cookie cutter in the shape of little Schmitty and we sold Christmas cookies with your face? And I'm like, that's a fucking awesome idea. All right, well, get four thumbtacks. Not happening. Take that idea walking, Jill. What I could you do it? Why do I got to do all the shit? I will license my image to you. You create a cookie cutter in my face image, and we'll send that out to everybody. It'll be fantastic. I with the second. It's a no start. It's a non-starter when you say to me, "Hey, man, why don't you?" Nope, no, sir. Hey, what if you no, no, thank you for thinking of me, but I have a six-year-old to corrupt. I couldn't possibly be have the time to do that. I got I to gotta go talk about fucking a cat with AIDS in front of a kid in second grade. Uh, all right, so Gio's the man. He wants me to do a lot of stuff, and he does the YouTube channel. Go visit the YouTube channel, man. It's fucking cool. Not as cool as it could be, according to Gio, but it's still got a bunch of our old shows on there, a bunch of me doing stand-up, uh, all sorts of stuff. Old-school stand-up, like doing jokes about George Allen when politics mattered in this country, and it wasn't run by a guy with a giant ham head. Uh, all right, so go check all that stuff out. Now, our friend David Hernandez does all the artwork for this show. He does all the music for the show. He actually has a new song this week, and I have not heard it yet. He is sending it along uh, because I'm doing this on Tuesday, and he told me he'd have it for me by the time I built the show on Wednesday. Um, so he's sending it along, and it will be here. And then, so, But it's coming up now. It'll be coming up soon here uh, during the break before the plugs. But he is, uh, he is the coolest. He is our great, our great friend. He does all the artwork, all the music for this show. Uh, you can find him at facebook.com slash davidmexhernandez. But also, he's available at artbydmh.com. Have I ever told you guys that? Artbydmh.com? It's a website that David has right now, especially around the holidays. He's very, very busy. Perhaps, I'm, I'm going to say... Mm, I don't know. It's kind of under the wire here. Christmas is in like three days. I don't think you're going to get anything unless you wanted him to fax it. Uh, if you want him to send you a fax painting, he might do that. 
Um, but if you wanted to contact him, he, again, he does guy cons, he does Valscapes. Those are pieces that are already created. He could probably ship a created piece to you. But if you wanted a custom piece, it might be a little late for Christmas. But you can get a hold of him via, you know, like I said, artbydmh.com. Get him to do uh, a painting of you and your significant other or you and your non-significant other. Those are the best paintings. Uh, he will do sculptures. He will do music. Well, you don't do any music or sculptures, I don't think. Hold on, let me backtrack on that. But he does paintings. He works in watercolors. He works in oil paintings. He does all of that cool-ass stuff. Uh, like I said, though, he's got the guy cons. He's got the Valscapes available now or anything that you can think of. He'd be happy to paint for you for a fee because the man works not for free, but for a fee. And R makes all the difference in the money that David brings home. So please contact our friend David Hernandez. He can do all the artwork that you want him to do. He is at artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. It's the holiday season, there's a poop on the floor And I know the reason, a dookie on the counter and a turd in your mail A fudge dragon floating in your fruit cocktail See pick presents for you to unwrap Hey look everybody, it's a big hunk of crap We all know the reason for this cavalcade It's just a happy Merry Christmas from the Shit Brigade Shit Brigade, Shit Brigade Happy Merry Christmas from the Shit Brigade Shit Brigade Kebab's hiding in the pumpkin pie A peanut filled grumpy on your holiday tie Can't seem to find the Christmas mistletoe There's a boot on a string right above you Oh no A foul baby's crying away in a manger An anal snake's lurking, but there's no danger The kitties all know where the fudge is made It's just a happy Merry Christmas from the ship brigade Ship brigade, ship brigade Happy Merry Christmas from the ship brigade I told you, I don't know. Uh, he sent it. 
Uh, and he said, this is, you know, hey, man, maybe you just go ahead and, uh, put, like, don't listen until you put it in the show. Ha, huh? it'll be hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, and uh, look, I think you people all know my feelings on Shit Brigade. I, I don't understand it. I don't. I, I mean, I suppose it's sweeping the nation. Is that what I've heard? It's sweeping the nation? I don't know. Um, I don't know why you'd write a song with those words in it. I don't, I don't know why any of that would ever happen. But apparently... Uh, that is something that David decided was a good thing to do for fucking Christmas. Merry Christmas, shit brigade. Merry Christmas, you old building alone. Merry Christmas, you old shit brigade. I don't, uh, I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend to understand it. Um, what do I know? I mean, I, you know, it's that thing where, Hey man, the fans, they, you know, you let them do whatever they want. Well, if you motherfuckers want to embrace shit brigade, I guess you have to, but I, you can leave me out of it. I will not be in that room. I'll be in the den or I'll be in the living room. You can go to the bathroom, folks. I'm not going to be in there with you as you frolic through the shit brigade, as you as you cover yourselves when in feces or the glorification of said feces. Uh, I don't know. So fuck. All right. I mean, you know, it's funny. David's talented. Amazing. But I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about me. I'm very talented. And yet I just chose two hours to talk about hand jobs and octopus fucking. So, I mean... I just, I just corrupted a six-year-old for fucking two hours. So who the fuck is, who's who here? Uh, who are you? Who, 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 who? I really want to know, folks. Uh, <laughs> so there was that song. That, uh, that is, that's happy, happy holidays, I suppose. Uh, you know, I mentioned I'm going to Japan, folks. Hey, we've got sponsors for this show. I should talk about that. Should I talk about them first or should I talk about uh, other things first? Maki, what do you think? Should I flip it? Should I do, should I talk a little and then get into the sponsors or should I uh, get into the sponsors first and then lead me into something else? Let's do different. Do different. Well, I don't. What does different mean? In what way? <clears throat> talk a little bit first and then get into sponsors? There's no, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no hows and whys. There's no right way of doing anything on this show. You know, all I know is if you want me to record, you, you tuck me in the back into a coffin-sized tool shed and you say, just start talking, man. We're going to keep all the lights out. Uh, all right, good. So I'll record in the dark. It's fantastic. Um, all right, so here, well, I'll just, I'll, let's, let's do some sponsors. Our friend Jerome... Has getthebutters.com. That's getthebutters.com. Use the code 40YOB. You can get a butter, a balm, a lube, a bomb, a mask, all sorts of cool ass stuff. A powder. I think there's a powder there. I think there's a beard oil. You know, it's funny. Our friend Rick W., who I mentioned earlier in the show, I don't want to say, yeah, Rick W. My show's now Alcoholics Anonymous. I refuse to give last names. Uh, Rick W., he said, hey, man, send me that beard oil and I'll try it out. So I sent him his beard oil, and I, apparently I got a message just now. It arrived today. This Tuesday, it has arrived to Canada just in time for Christmas, so he's going to slather up his face and leave a review on the Jokers page. If you're a fan of this show, you should be in the fan club, the Westside 86 Jokers on Facebook, unless you don't use Facebook. A lot of people I know are stopping using Facebook. I should stop using Facebook. Uh, last night, I, I, I don't want to say any names, <laughs> but someone who's a friend of mine, because look, I the friends I have... You know me and my ridiculousness with Facebook. The people I have that are friends asked me to be friends on Facebook. I've not asked anybody to be my friend because I want to have a true friend count of the people who've requested me because I'm the stupidest man alive. Now, uh, now I can tell you I have not completely held to that because I was just I was talking uh, I, I was in all right, I was in Shannon's office a couple of weeks ago. And I'm telling her a story from my childhood that was a, a very, uh, for me, a poignant and, and meaningful story of something that happened to me. And I know you're thinking, well, it's a storytelling podcast. Why wouldn't you unveil that story to us, you dumb fuck? 
Um, because I don't think it would mean as much to you as it means to me. Although I guess I will share it with you. Why not? Um, when I was a kid, a lot of turmoil in my house. I was raised, there was a bunch of chaos. You know, my dad was a persona known grata. He would hit my mom. He was a jag off. He's a drunk person. And he would do terrible things. My mom would do her best to try to keep us afloat and keep us out of harm's way via him. Then when he left, we got evicted by my grandparents and wound up living on the street. We lived in a car. We lived in people's basements. It was uh, it was a childhood, you know, and again, I don't mean to be like, boo hoo, I'm not sobbing. Everybody had the hand they were dealt. Everybody lived the life they lived. Um, like I said, my friend David, who does all the artwork and music for the show, and maybe this explains his fascination with Shit Brigade, was, you know, probably mopping out a restroom at his family's restaurant when he was nine years old. I mean, it's just... Just everybody had their existence. Everybody had their stuff going on. So, uh, so I had that existence where then my dad disappeared and we were being uh, supported by the kindness of strangers, my aunt, my uncle, and all these other nice people. Well, my mom had friends from when she was a kid. We, I talked on, I think I've talked about Karen Bruder on this show because we went, we were like the suburban kids who went to the city kids house and it was really fucking weird being in there, you know, Brownstone in Chicago. And we were used to being in the suburbs because we had left the, when we were kids, we had gotten out of the city again because my dad was beating people up. Um, but in addition to Karen, there was another friend of the family. Like my mom had, uh, you know, I told I talked about Georgia and Carol. If you get the CD or you watch the one man, you knew about Carol living next door to us in Romeoville. Anyway, there was a, a family friend named Judy, and uh, she was a friend of my mom's. My mom had known her since high school, and uh, Judy was beautiful. I should tell you this as a kid. Even you know what? Whenever <clears throat> if you were to reference right now, if you were to say hot '70s stewardess, Judy would pop into my head. I don't even know if she was a stewardess, but for some reason in my head, because she was different, she was glamorous. She wore fancy clothes. She lived in a fancy, we went to her high rise, like she lived in an apartment in Chicago. And I remember that my mom and her had tea while we played. Like she didn't have crayons. She had pastels, chalks, you know what I mean? And we, we would color and, you know, instead, instead of like, you know, cowboys or they were, you know, armed, you know, like Buckingham palace guards, like whatever the fuck she had all the fancy toys and fancy art. She was an artist. So she had pastels and chalk and things like that and sketch pads. And she was a lovely woman. And she was someone who my mom was like friends with forever. Well, one time I don't, I, I might've been seven. That's my guess. Because a lot of the time, you know, I've, I've lost a lot of my childhood when, from when we were evicted to when we wound up in Romeoville, because there was a lot of times we'd go stay at somebody's house for a week. And we'd just think we were staying at somebody's house for a week, but it was because my mom had no money. So my mom was doing whatever she had to do to try to survive and let us survive. So we would go stay at somebody's house or we'd stay in somebody's basement or whatever. My mom would show up, but she was also out hustling, trying to get her money and do whatever she could. Uh, well, Judy had a cabin in Michigan. And I don't know if I've told this story on here. It's not even a story. It's just, I remember Lenny and I going to stay with her in Michigan at her cabin. And Judy at the time was married to a guy named Carl. And I was relaying this story to Shannon because, you know, I grew up in a chaotic household. I had uh, chaotic things with my parents. And then, you know, even after my mom, we settled into a house, my mom would work and then she'd go out at night. So I was alone a lot. I'm learning a lot about how I was parented or not parented and why that affects me now as an adult. Because uh, I indulge myself and allow myself to do all these things because I never had any discipline. I never had anybody to parent me. 
And now I'm forced to do it for myself. And I'm, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to parent myself. Um, if I want to stay up all night and eat chocolate, I will. If I want to, you know, I do the things that I want to do as a child. I'm trying to somehow bridge the disconnect between being a grown up and a child for me. I mean, I've never officially grown up. I've gotten older, but I don't think I've grown up. And, uh, and one of the times I remember being a kid was Judy and Carl having us to their cabin in Michigan. And I remember it was near Halloween because it was really gray and misty and cold. So we went outside and I remember playing in leaves outside. Like, you know, we, we didn't have chores at Judy's house. You know, you always had to kind of look out for yourself and be on your behavior around my mom. When we were with Judy, we, it didn't matter. But also we were good kids, so we weren't behaving in a bad way. We... And I wanted, you know what, I'll be honest with you, I wanted Judy to love me. I wanted her to see me and and think I was special. I wanted to be good for Judy because she was fancy. She was different. I knew my mom loved her, but I, I almost didn't even give a fuck about that. I wanted, I loved her because she was beautiful and different. And when we went to Michigan, we were there and I remember playing in the leaves and, and Halloween was coming up and, and we went out on a speedboat. Carl had, her husband Carl had a speedboat. And we drove on the, on the lake or the river or whatever the fuck, some big thing of water. It wasn't an ocean. I know that because it was fucking Michigan. So it was probably a lake. And we wound up, I remember, I remember being in the boat and we were going fast and I had a, you know, a little kid coat on and I was all bundled up and uh, they had cared enough to bundle me up before we went out. That was another thing. Judy put coats on us and gloves on us and made sure we were taken care of. And we went out on the boat and Carl drove and he let us steer and he asked us if we liked, I mean, he cared. He wasn't just taking two fucking idiot kids out on the fucking lake. He, he wanted us to have fun. And I had never had any sort of male role model ever take an interest in whether or not I was happy or having fun. This is before my uncle John became a huge part of my life. We wound up on the boat and I, I don't, I don't know how long it was. It, it could have been a five minute roll around the lake, but in my mind, it was hours of unbelievable joy because Carl let us come up and sit up and, and, and steer and honk the horn and ride the speedboat and I, the ripples in the water and the rain and the cold. And you would think you would be so uncomfortable and you would think you, you would be trying to get in where it was warm, but I never wanted it to end. I never wanted to get off that boat because Carl cared about me. He was a, he was a man who cared about me and making sure that I was enjoying myself and having fun. He saw me. We parked after riding around for, like I said, a week. <laughs> could, have been, could have been a minute. I have no fucking idea. But in my mind, it was this pleasure journey, this unbelievable transporting to a different world where someone actually cared that I existed. And uh, we went in the house. And I remember going in the house and Judy being there to meet us at the door. There was no, she wasn't indifferent to us. She wasn't doing whatever she needed to do to make money to make sure that we didn't die. Okay. She could actually take an interest in us. So we came in and Carl let us come in and the house smelled like cooking. And that's probably another place where I get my smelled like Thursday fucking Thanksgiving family bullshit from. But we came in and she, she was cooking for us. She was cooking. It was a uh, chicken and dumplings. And, uh, it's weird that I would vividly remember that meal. And we walked in 
And uh, she met us at the door and she took our, our gloves off and our coats and our scarves and asked how the boat was and did we like the ride and what was it like. And she listened to us when we told her what it was. She listened to us and our faces were frozen and mine was so red and there were tears in my eyes from the whipping wind and the rain and the wind in the face and I didn't care. And I was so excited to tell her about the boat. And we went out there in the pier and we got on and we got the steer and we got to honk the horn. And Judy was, oh my gosh, that's great. Oh my, it's so fun. I'm so glad you had fun. It's really nice. And, and then we said, do you go on the boat? Yes, she does. And, but she stayed in to cook this time. And, and she, we walked right in and she, and she rubbed my hands between her hands to warm them up and, and my face. And, and, uh, and I remember she hugged me and smelling her hair. She smelled different. She smelled like love and cooking and a lady. And my face was pressed into her neck as she hugged me just to warm me up. Not like a weird hug, like a sensitive. She was just like, Oh, and she rubbed my back. And then she let me go and did the same with Lenny and, and Carl. And, and, uh, we went over to the table and we sat down to eat. And when we ate, we talked, we actually talked about having food. And she told us how she cooked it. And did we like chicken and dumplings? And she hoped that we would and where she got the recipe and, and Carl and her talked and they talked about things they had to do. And, and, uh, they talked about that night and apparently they had gotten pumpkins and we were going to carve pumpkins and we did, we finished dinner and they brought pumpkins out and we carved them together as a family. And we took Polaroids, uh, of, of the designs and they didn't tell us what to do. They said, we could do whatever we wanted to do. And I wanted to defer to her because all I wanted to do was what Judy wanted to do. All I wanted to do is what Judy said was good. All I wanted to do was anything that Judy would think would make me look good in her eyes. And I just wanted to be there with her forever. That's all I wanted. And it was, you know, I recognize it now. I can see and realize it was me craving a family like wanting so badly to be in some sort of normal circumstance instead of sleeping in back seats of cars and basements and hoping and wishing and wondering and, 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 and thinking about my dad and, 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 and unfortunately my mom and, and, you know, my mom was my mom, but she was also the caretaker. She had to make sure everything went well. So she didn't have time to do this. She did what she could to keep us alive. So we carved pumpkins, we took pictures. And I remember having a Polaroid of that, even finding it when I was 30, you know, at my mom's house and, and seeing it. And, and even now thinking, good Lord, I, I, I'll never forget that, that night, those moments. Um, and I told Shannon about it like a week ago and, uh, it came up, you know, because I was talking about whatever other, feelings I have now, books I've bought about parenting and codependent and fixing your fucking self and all that nonsense. And so I had to tell her that story and I am not kidding you. I got home that night and I was on Facebook and in the margins of Facebook, when you go on there, it will say people you may know. And, uh, sometimes I will tell you this people who listen to the show, I'll get a friend request from someone who I've never known or seen. And I just figure it's a listener, but then it will say suggested by Maki. So like Maki will tell me to befriend one of their friends, but their friend has no fucking idea that I'm going to become their friend. So I'm always like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to be, that's a weird third party friend request. Fuck that. This person's got to like me. God damn it. You're going to fuck with my true count. Uh, so it will have that in the sidebar. It will say, you, you know, suggestions for you from friends you know or people you may know. And uh, I, this is not, I'm not, I don't even know how to explain it. Judy was up on Facebook. That's crazy. I was going to ask you if she's still alive. Um, she, she was up to become friends 
and and I I I I have no fucking idea how powerful Mark Zuckerberg is. I don't know what else he's listened to in my therapy sessions. I don't, I don't get a lot of Facebook offers telling me that I should have, you know, uh, uh, some of a, a fleshlight or any, you know, literally <laughs> Mark, you know, I, I don't, Mark doesn't offer to, you know, broker a peace accord with me and any of my exes. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, um, but Judy was right there. And, uh, and so now my true count is off because I immediately requested her as a friend. Um, or you can look at it a different way and you can say that my true count is now one. So I reached out to her and then, uh, and she accepted and then she wrote me a couple days ago and I didn't, I didn't know what to write. It felt weird. It, I won't lie. It felt very weird. Um, because there's so, so much I want to tell her, you know, that I would love to tell her, but it will come off as fucking bananas because I'm a 50-year-old dude she hasn't seen in 30 years. Hey, by the way, <laughs> you're not going to believe this one shining moment. I, it's, it's craziness. But um, so I finally opened her note yesterday and, and I wrote her back and said, hey, listen, I, this is going to sound odd. I was literally just talking about you. And then that day you came up. And, uh, I can only hope that you're well and happy and, and everything is, you know, and, and, and it was nice. I was happy that I was able to write her and, uh, you know, I, I, she wrote me back today. I haven't seen any ex. We're here talking. So who knows? So the bottom line is folks, uh, nah, she doesn't want to hear that. Bullshit. No. So, what are you, Geo? Hey, you know what, Mike, you should do a YouTube video of that moment you had with Judy. Fuck that. She's not interested. No, you should write her that. No, absolutely she not. She could not be no, less interested. All right, you know what? I should just tell you this right now. She and I are getting married. All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> I cannot wait. I hope she still got that boat. <laughs> we'll get out there. I'll be fucking carving pumpkins. Uh, I just want to relive that fucking night over and over. Chicken and dumplings again? What the fuck? You're 50. I don't care. Make them. <laughs> yes, yes, I understand what you are saying, but moments to you... Are 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 nothing to someone else. Not I'm not. Yeah, I'm no, not saying she'd say it was nothing. I'm not. Look, I'm not being. I'm not being a shitty guy. I mean, I I get it. She may hear that and go, "That's thank you. I'm glad." I, you know, maybe. And maybe if I do see her, I will. I'm not going to write her a fucking Facebook note and go, "You're not going to believe this." But one time, you had a boat. I mean, no. fuck. Nobody wants to hear that. Regardless. Well, the, the, the point is, so I, I don't even know how the fuck that came up, but the point is, uh, uh, oh, cause I, I think I was talking about Facebook, uh, friends. Was I, is that why I came up? I don't fucking know, but it was, it was amazing. So I, I, so now, Hey, there you go. Judy's in my life. She's back. So there, you know what? Things are turning around. <laughs> you know what I should do? I should tell her, you know what? There's uh, I have a, I have a memory of you. That's that I encased in Amber in episode 26 of year 10 of my podcast. And she'll go, I'll give it a listen. And by the time she gets to me fist fucking an octopus and humiliating a six-year-old, she will leave quietly on her speedboat. <laughs> can't do it. Thank you for thinking of me. I can't imagine where you brought me up. Somewhere between hand job house and blow job house resides Judy with the speedboat. <laughs> Uh, all right. Write down Judy with the speedboat. That's the name of the show. All right. So, um, how the fuck? I don't even know where I, oh, so, hey, you know what? Go to get the butterstock. 
<laughs> go ahead and get yourself a bomb or a bomb or a boat. Go and get a speedboat and then take in a couple of urchins and make them feel good about themselves for fucking nine hours. And they'll remember it for 41 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that might even be light. might be 43 years. I think it was probably seven when I went to see her. Um, all right, so go to getthebutters.com. Use the code 40YOB. Our friend Jerome is there. I don't know if you'll get a delivery by Christmas, but you can get stuff for New Year's. What the fuck? Everybody's got to be clean. You need soap uh, fucking 365. 52 weeks out of the year. So why not order some goddamn soap and some butters and some balms and some lubes and some bombs and some masks and some powders and some beard oils like our buddy Rick, uh, who's going to put up a thing on the Joker's page. Um, that's how I spun into it, right? When I was talking about the Joker's page. So anyway, yeah. become a Joker. Go to the Westside 86 Jokers and become a fan club member. And there's, you know, it's, it doesn't, there's no dues. There's nothing you got to do. You just sign up there. And then once a week I plug the show <laughs> and people, and then Mex draws a Joker and everybody's happy. So please go, or he paints a Joker. So by all means, sign up for the Westside 86 Jokers page. It's out there. Um, and again, like I mentioned, Jerome at getthebutters.com. Find him and be happy. Buy some butters and bombs and use the code 40YOB. Uh, you know what? We also have a, a, another podcast that supports us, The Paranoid Strain, folks. Our good friend, Fearful Jesuit, with this week's show about sovereign citizens, our good friend, Wesley Snipes, and all those crazy motherfuckers who don't think they got to pay taxes. They're available now in iTunes. Get episode five of The Paranoid Strain featuring our good friend, Fearful Jesuit. It's available now. Download it. And here's the thing. Download it. Listen to it. Quake in your boots at the fucking level of crazy that's out there in this goddamn world, but also marvel at the skill that Fearful Jesuit has put together uh, in putting together and bringing this episode to you and letting you know exactly what's out there and who the fuck to avoid. Go ahead and avoid all these motherfuckers. He's, he's literally, he's like a, a street sign on the internet telling you to go the other way because danger lurks this way. So by all means, listen to Fearful Jesuit uh, on the paranoid strain. And when you do listen, here's the thing. Go to iTunes. Review the show in the iTunes store. Tell them the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast sent you there. Write Fearful Jesuit. Tell him that the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast sent you. You love the show. You think it's amazing. You think it's something that Mike would never be able to do in a million fucking years. And, uh, and that's why you like listening to it because I'm the, I'm the flip, I'm the tails, he's the heads. Go listen to the heads of podcasting while the tails is lurking in the background. You listen to me, I'm tails, I'm there all week long. But then you go find the heads once a month and that's where our fun paranoid strain comes in with our friend Fearful Jesuit, our friend. I, I don't know if the podcast is our friend, but he's certainly our friend. Uh, but go and please listen to him talking about sovereign citizens. And like I said, in the iTunes store, click on the description of the show and read a bibliography fucking running. I mean, dude, more information than you could ever hope to have about any podcast episode ever made. It's brilliant. Brilliant. It's a nice little follow along, like I said, a bibliography for the episode itself. And uh, review the show, write him, get involved, tell him we sent you, and please love the show. That's the Paranoid Strain, available in the iTunes store with our friend, the host, Fearful Jesuit. Please check it out now. Um, you want to be an Uber driver? You want to be a Lyft driver? Of course you do, goddammit. Why wouldn't you want to fucking get out there on the road and schlep strangers around and have bad things happen? Don't you want to have strangers possibly tell you that they, have, they want to show you their dick? Doesn't that want to happen? Um... Don't you, don't you want to get somebody in your backseat like I had this particular week and uh, who, who decided that he had to go to the bathroom and he asked me if I could pull over on the highway so he could just go ahead and take a leak? No, no, I can't. Thank you for thinking of me, though. I'll tell you what, I can pull over and let you out, but uh, I'll be driving away. I'm not going to be waiting for you. I'm not going to be complicit in your misdemeanor, you fuck. And if you piss in my backseat, I got news for you. It's going to be a lot messier than you think with trachea all over the fucking place afterwards because I'm going to fucking tear yours out. Uh, but luckily he wasn't that drunk, so he was able to hold off. Uh, and I offered. I said, look, I can get off at the next off ramp and we can go to like a gas station or something, but I don't know. And he's just like, no, I'm okay. I'll, I'll make it. 
If you're an adult and you're having that conversation, you're a fucking sad fucking sack. Hey, can you pull over here on the freeway so I can take yeah. a piss? What the fuck is wrong with you, Foster Brooks? Hold your fucking booze. Maybe you don't mix mixed drinks and pussy. How about that? Because you are clearly a fucking pussy if you can't hold your fucking liquor to get home. Terrible. Uh, but you, you know what? That will never happen to you. <laughs> you can go out. You'll find all the beautiful people. I'm the one who drives all the jagoffs. Uh, please, folks, here's what you need to do. Go ahead and use my code at Lyft. Uh, that's Mike720057, M-I-K-E-720057. And that's, uh, I thought it was all caps, but I don't think it needs to be. Whatever. Use the code Mike720057. Become an Uber driver. Or I'm sorry, that's a Lyft driver. That's a Lyft person. If you want to be a Lyft person, do that. Also, if you want to be just a Lyft passenger for your first time ever, use my code. Here's, a, guess what? Somebody outside of America used my code. I got a note. It said, it was two people actually who used my Lyft code to take Lyft rides. Oh, we're sorry. Uh, Mike, you don't get any bonuses if people use it outside of the United States. Really? Way to circumvent, you fucks. God damn it. And I was like, it literally, I was like indignant at first, but then I was like, man, fuck you. You want to be a worldwide company? Yeah. Fucking give me the bonus, man. And I, and not in Lira either. Take your fucking Lira walking. Give me some goddamn dollars. Um, so if you're out there in the world and you're using my code, thank you. And I don't give a fuck. Use it. Even if I don't get the bonus overseas, that's fine. Still use it because then I still get that fucking shady email. Maybe again, eventually I'll change the system. Maybe if enough people use my code outside of America, then they'll be like, hey, you know what? This dude, he's like a goddamn lift machine. So then they'll fucking change the thing and I'll get some dough out of these assholes. Um, but regardless, use the code Mike720057 for Lyft. But if you want to be an Uber driver, Uber uh uber for which means super in german i think uber means yeah something uh regardless whatever it means it means money for you and me if you use the code and the code of course is djzw1yttuae djzw1yttue that's djzw the number one yttue use that if you want to be a first time uber rider i'll get five bucks i think for that use it if you want to be an uber driver like our friend David is doing in Indiana, possibly. He's in the middle of signing up. I've got three guys who are in the middle of signing up. I think it's that thing where they're signing up, they use my code, and then they go, fuck, I can't do this. God damn it. i got to find anything else but this. And I don't blame them. Um, but, but then it's got me. It tells me. It's like, do you want to send a reminder email to these guys? And it's like, I absolutely do. And yet there's nothing I would rather not do in my entire life. Hey, I'm a loser. Remember me? Wouldn't you like to be a loser like me? Here's an email reminding you we should be losers together. But did you know that if you get to be a loser, I get to collect money off of your back like a loser pimp? Fucking terrible. Uh, but it's really not that bad. Please use it. Use the code DJZW1YTTUE. That's the way to do it at Uber. And uh, Mike72057 is the one at Lyft. And uh, that that be all our sponsors. Yes, I believe it is. Possibly. Um, wanted to tell you folks, like I said, I was talking about where I was going out of town. Uh, you know, I mentioned that I'm going to Japan. Now, that's way out of town. But if you're going to be there, fucking check in with me. Uh, cause you know what? There's nothing I want to do more than make eye contact with the listener while we're both getting blowjobs. Let's do that. <laughs> it's about fucking time, right? We've waited 10 fucking years for that to happen. I gotta have, I gotta tag team a chick with a listener. Let's fucking do this, man. Uh, contact me. I, yeah, literally nobody else looking. It's all quiet. All you hear is like slurping except for us. And we're just like, yes, yes. High-fiving. You're goddamn right. 
uh, just both of us just like, oh, DJZW1YTTUE, DJZW1YTTUE. <laughs> hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt about to come in this chick's mouth. Anyway, uh, how about you? How you doing over there? All right, terrible. Um, all right, so please, by all means, if you can find me in Japan, do that. I'll be there. Uh, I will not be square. You know why? Because I just said, I'll be there instead. Uh, but also, get this, folks. I'm going to be all over the place, like I mentioned. If you So my point is, you know, our friend Maki, lovely Maki, beautiful Maki, who was nice enough to have me here to record in her house and corrupt a six-year-old. Uh, this can be you. If you want it to be, I'll be in some places this year, and then I can come over and do a show in your house, and you could watch this happen, and I can make fun of your house. And you'll be like, why is this motherfucker making fun of my house? Because you'll think it's a great idea until it's not. Uh, but here, you know what? July is actually a big month for me, which is, you know, that's seven months down the fucking road. You got seven months to think about whether you want me to do this kind of fucking thing for you. Um, let's start at the bottom of the month. You know, last year there was a pierogi fest in Indiana and I got asked to go by some listeners, but it was too late in the game. And I swore on the air that if they had a pierogi fest this year, I would go. Now I will tell you this. They have not announced any dates for new pierogi fest, but if it is at the end of July, which they said they would either way, no matter, I don't give a fuck when it is. I will be coming to pierogi fest in Indiana. It's in whiting, Indiana. And so I'm telling you right now, I will be there whether it's for two days or three days or five days or a month, I don't fucking know, but I will be in Indiana for the pierogi fest. So please know that. And if you want me, if you live there and you want me to record in your fucking house, whatever, that's cool. Or you just want to come out and meet us for pierogi fest. And remember I made David swear he would go to pierogi fest. I'm going to assume he's not going to go to pierogi fest, but he might, who knows the siren call of a fucking potato dumpling is very loud and very tempting. So I may be able to get him out of his, uh, adobe, uh, adobe. Adobe, no, Adobe, but what's a, a, a boat? Yeah, I'll get him from his abode. I can get him out of his adobe, his adobe, and his abode. He will leave all three of them. That's how strong the pull of a pierogi can be. Uh, so I'll be at pierogi fest, definitely. But here, listen to this. So uh, July 7th, you know, I, let's, I, if you're not on board with the Little Schmitty's Attaboy Fit Brigade page on Facebook, which exists. It truly exists. And I think we're at 85 people now. And people are checking in and they're posting their workout photos and they're on, and they're all supporting one another. It's the fucking greatest. Now, am I involved anymore? No, I've been cut out completely. They've shunned me and pushed me to the side. Why? Because, well, as I mentioned last week, some stuff happened and I wound up hiding in my house. And I came clean in a post this morning where I said, listen, here's the deal. Um, you know, I went and lifted last week. I lifted Monday and Wednesday. I lifted on Monday, yesterday. I'll lift tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Uh, I got to get back into cardio. I got to fix diet. I got to fix work. I got to fix a lot of things. You know, like I said, I've got, I bought all these books. I got to parent myself. It's a long story, folks. You know that you've been here for 10 fucking years. You're here. You're still waiting for the, for the, the happy ending. Get, keep waiting. Um, you know, some fucking Rip Van Winkle beard down to your goddamn thigh bone. All right. So. Uh, but, but I, in that, in that little Schmitty's attaboy fit brigade, first of all, you can join if you'd like, and you don't have to exercise every day. Nobody's, there's no fucking stretching cops. You know, nobody's out there making you do shit. It's cool. Share what you want to do. Share what you did do. Share your concerns, share your sadness, share that you didn't work out and you want us all to tell you, you should, whatever the fuck, man, I'm there for all of you guys, whether you're going backwards or forwards. I, I want us all to be like a little fucking community where everybody's like, yeah, this is fucking cool, man. You know, our buddy Scott's on the treadmill. Amanda's trying real hard. Our, our Joe. 
Pauline is out there. I've mentioned all these names, you know, Justin, all these new people sign up and they get on board and they start taking care of business. And it's really fun to see. And it's going to be great when we all start making progress. And I include myself in there because eventually I'll be making progress. I have to, because I I have clothes I need to fit into. So I got to do something about fucking fixing my life. Um, You know what I got for my birthday? I just got my present from my buddy Dennis for my 50th uh, birthday. He got me a fucking official Mitchell and Ness Cooperstown Phillies Mike Schmidt jersey from 1978. It's a home jersey with the fucking Phillies pinstripes. So, I mean, it's white with pinstripes. Fat guy cannot wear white with pinstripes. I got to do something about my life just to be able to wear that jersey out of my house one fucking time. Um, and then get this. Uh, uh, fuck, should I get into this? Nah, probably not. But the, but the point is I need to lose weight because I got to fit in some fucking clothes. I got a bunch of clothes sitting in my closet. And again, I've done this before. I've lost weight and fit into these clothes and then I put on weight and they don't fit me anymore. But now I have clothes that I've never worn that I really want to fucking wear and they're lurking and I fucking need to lose weight. But I will. And the whole point is the Little Schmitty's Attaboy Fit Brigade. You can just start posting photos of yourself or start looking for attaboys or start having people give you encouragement or even go in there and just go, man, this fucking blows. I try to do yoga and it sucks. Our friend Ellen is in there now. She's doing stuff. People are meditating and everybody's being opened up to new apps and new progress. And our friend Spencer is a guy who, you know, does P90X. All these people are on board and I fucking love it. I'm so happy. And I will eventually be as active as these people probably someday anyway. But the point is our friend Colette who, uh, who's a good friend of this show, a fantastic friend of the show. She reached out to me, uh, a while back with some encouragement about some things when, when stuff was really kind of upside down for me, she reached out and, and put out a hand and pulled me out of it. And I was very happy about that. So she's joined the Fit Brigade, Brigade page. And she posted on Mondays, she's going to be posting weekly goals. And it doesn't even have to be exercise goals. I'm like, I, I want to expand it. Like, I think she was looking for exercise goals, but then I was like, fuck this. Let's do more. Let's talk about life goals and work goals and food goals and diet goals. I want all of it. But fucking list it. And we'll all be like, yeah, okay. And then if you want, we can take, we can take a photo and, and figure out what we did. And then by the end of the week, you can say, I made this happen. I made this happen. I made this happen. My buddy, Jimmy O, Stooley, uh, all these different heat miser, all these other fucking nicknames, Jimmy O. Um, he reached out and he's like, Hey man, you should write your goals on a fucking, you got enough legal pads, write your goals on a legal pad. And then at the end of the night, fucking check them off. And, and people can see what you did and you didn't do. And, uh, I don't know why I shouldn't just type them into the machine, but I mean, that's fine. I mean, if that extra step is, he thinks that will make me commit to it. I'm all for it. Fuck that. I like advice. Let's do this. Um, but Colette, who I told you I really liked because she had this idea of putting up the goals. She reached out to me when I announced the Attaboy Fit Brigade page. She's like, look, uh, come out here to Indiana. Come to, it's by Cincinnati. Come here in July. There's a Spartan sprint. Do it with me. And uh, I, I, I just, I Googled it immediately. It's like a warrior dash, you know, where you go out and you're you know, running through mud and ropes and all that bullshit. And uh, I just immediately wrote her back. I said, I'm in, done. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, I'll pay for your hotel and I'll pay for your trip out here. I go, fucking, don't, don't, let's, we don't have to worry about all that yet. Let's just fucking make this happen. And I've got seven months now to try to get, and again, we all know what happened last time for the warrior dash. I think I had four months to lose weight and get in shape. I did nary a fucking thing. In fact, the night before I ate one of my fancy soup plantation, gigantic plate meals thinking I was carbo loading for whatever the fuck. And I knew I was going to throw up rainbow colors. It was going to be so great. But the point is, uh, July 7th. 2018, Lawrenceburg, Indiana, the Spartan Sprint. I am in with Colette and any of you who want to show up there and sign up and do this with me. Let's fucking go and have, let's, let's do little attaboys, uh, little, little Schmitty's attaboy fit brigade as a group, or even if it's just me and Colette, we'll, you know what we're going to do? We're going to handcuff ourselves to our, each other, like the defiant ones and make it fucking happen. She gets to be Sydney Poitier. I get to be Tony Curtis. I'd much rather be Sydney Poitier. Colette, why did you get to be fucking Sydney Poitier? I'm Sydney Poitier. You get to be Tony Curtis. Um, 
But all of us can chain each other up like the goddamn defiant ones. Let's do this, man. July 7th, 2018, Lawrenceburg, Indiana, which I understand is just outside of Cincinnati. And I will tell you this. It's a Saturday run. I would like to try to tie a show into this, whether it's recording a podcast in some venue or in somebody's house or whether it's doing an actual show in a club or a theater. I don't know what they have in Cincinnati. I have not started search one, but if anybody has any suggestions and also I'm all for just hanging out in my fucking hotel, we can hang out in the lobby, hang out all fucking night. Afterwards, we can go eat steak and fucking recover eating fucking protein and whatever we got to do after the Spartan sprint. And, uh, and let's call it, we can call it even like a fit brigade convention, whatever. I don't know. I don't want to, what the fuck we can just all get together in because it seems centrally located Cincinnati's in the Midwest I mean I know a lot of you guys are east west all over the fucking place I understand there's two of you using Uber in the fucking Middle East good for you um or Lyft or whatever the fuck it was um but man fucking join me in Cincinnati so uh, July 7 2018 the Lawrenceburg Indiana Spartan Sprint go to their website uh I think the entry fee is like 70 bucks or something like that and let's get on board man let's fucking do this Maki's gonna do it she's gonna come out there She's already excited. Uh, you know who else is going to do it? Nathan. Six-year-old Nathan is going to get out there. He's going to be precocious. He's going to beat all of us. He's going to fucking rampage all the way to the goddamn finish line. You know who I might get? Judy in her speedboat. Maybe she'll fly out there, and she'll come That's out and roll around. And afterwards, Connor. she'll make chicken and dumplings for all of us. Bullshit. She's in. She doesn't know what she fucking got herself yeah, in for. Yeah, she's yeah. making chicken and dumplings for the whole fucking Attaboy Schmidt Brick Brigade after the fucking run. It's going to be fucking sick. You're a bad banana with a greasy black Touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. You're a vile one, Mr. Schmidt. You have termites in your smile. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Schmidt. Given the choice between the two of you, I'll take the seasick crocodile. You're a foul one, Mr. Schmidt. You're a nasty, nasty squirt. Your heart is full of unwashed socks, your soul is full of dirt, Mr. Schmidt. The three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, You're dirt, dirt. You're the rotter, Mr. Schmidt. You're the king of sinful sots. Your heart's a dead tomato squashed with moldy purple spots. Your soul is an appalling dump heap 
overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable. Mangled up and tangled up knots. Decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce.